You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rouse Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride, take a cab, find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Sarrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a lacking, baby? What's crack a lacking? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. President Trump is defending the Supreme Court nominee, Brett Kavanaugh. He spoke last night at a rally in Wheeling, West Virginia. A vote to confirm Judge Kavanaugh is a vote to confirm one of the most accomplished legal minds of our time. A jurist with a sterling record of public service. You know, for 10 years, he's a young guy. But for 10 years, they've been talking about him. Trump also attacked Democrats as he sought to turn the battle over Kavanaugh into Republican votes in November. The president hosted the rally as the FBI is moving to investigate the sexual misconduct claims against Kavanaugh. Lawyers for both Christine Blasey Ford and another accuser, Deborah Ramirez, have confirmed they've been contacted by FBI agents. Last night on Twitter, the president said he wants the FBI to interview anyone agents deem appropriate, disputing an NBC News report that he is seeking to limit the investigation. The death toll in a powerful earthquake and tsunami that hit Indonesia on Friday has climbed to more than 830. And NPR's Anthony Kuhn reports from Beijing that more casualties are expected as rescuers reach isolated outlying areas. President Joko Widodo toured the hard-hit city of Palu, the capital of central Sulawesi province. He indicated that damaged roads, power lines, and telecommunications are hampering rescue work. Rescue teams, meanwhile, are racing against time to extract people from the rubble of collapsed buildings. Thousands of displaced people are living in makeshift shelters, and fresh water is in short supply. 
Authorities said a mass burial of victims would be held in Palu on Sunday. There were reports of sporadic looting and of prisoners fleeing a local jail in Palu after its walls collapsed. Anthony Kuhn, NPR News, Beijing. Monitors in Syria say that a rebel group has begun withdrawing its forces from the front line in Idlib province. It follows an agreement between Russia and Turkey to avert a Syrian government offensive against the province, BBC's Sebastian Usher reports. Under a deal announced at a summit between Presidents Putin and Erdogan, rebel fighters in Idlib are to move out of a demilitarized buffer zone by the middle of October. The first sign of this seems to be underway, with reports that the third largest group, Failak al-Sham, has started pulling its forces and heavy arms out of the last major area they control in Syria. It's part of a bigger alliance known as the National Liberation Front, over which Turkey still holds considerable sway. But as yet, there's no word from the most powerful group in Idlib, the jihadist Hayat Tahir al-Sham, spearheaded by al-Qaeda's former affiliate in Syria. Tesla CEO Elon Musk will step down as chairman of the company for at least three years and pay millions in penalties to settle a fraud charge with the Securities and Exchange Commission. The settlement stems from an announcement Musk tweeted last month that the SEC says misled investors. This is NPR News. Coming up next on the serious side. Guess how many days there are before the next presidential election? Only 837. Do you think that's too soon for us to be talking about who might run in the Democratic Party? I don't. Uh, You guys have a piece out that's getting a ton of buzz and a ton of attention, ranking the top 10 potential uh, contenders for 2020. Uh, you've got Joe Biden at the top, Saliza. Walk yes. me through why that's an exciting pick for the party. Well, I don't know that it's an exciting pick for the right. party, but I don't know if Donald Trump is president. The question is, do Democrats want to pick their version of Trump or the anti-Trump? Biden, and? in some ways, is the anti-Trump. Uh, and I, right now, Harry and I wrote, write about this in the piece, Typically, the guy or gal who is in first, who is ahead in early polling, tends to be there right at the end. Did you ever think that this day was going to come? I've served in this day for 32 years. And I've served 50 as the best birthday present ever. An emotional end to what's been a very long road for the women who've come to be known as the Cosby Accusers. You are a sinful and disgusting human being. And until your death, you deserve every bit of suffering that jail time and prison might bring to you. Brett's assault on me drastically altered my life. For a very long time, I was too afraid and ashamed to tell anyone these details. I'm not questioning that Dr. Ford may have been sexually assaulted by some person in some place at some time. But I have never done this. To her or to anyone. Dr. Ford, with what degree of certainty do you believe Brett Kavanaugh assaulted you? 100%. 100%. I am innocent of this charge. I intend no ill will to Dr. Ford and her family. 
The other night, Ashley and my daughter, Liza, said their prayers. And little Liza, all 10 years old, said to Ashley, we should pray for the woman. I believed he was going to rape me. I tried to yell for help. When I did, Brett put his hand over my mouth to stop me from yelling. I was not at the party described by Dr. Ford. This confirmation process has become a national disgrace. Since my nomination in July, there's been a frenzy on the left to come up with something, anything, to block my confirmation. In front of your office, I'm I told the story of my sexual assault. I told it because I recognized in Dr. Ford's story that she's telling the truth. What you are doing is allowing someone who actually violated a woman to sit in the Supreme Court. This is not horrible. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Ral Show with Miss Kathleen Williams, Mr. Jerome Esprit, Mr. L.E.S., and the official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D. Now here is your host, Jay Ryle. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Today is September 30th, 2018, and you're in tune to the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio. At his best, like the man said, my name is Jay Ralph. Thank you so much for being here, sharing your Sunday with us. As you prepare for worship or as you prepare just to have a relaxing weekend or to do yard work or whatever is on your uh, agenda for the day, we appreciate you allowing us to spend a few minutes with you. If you're not here for the whole ride, that's okay. You can always check us out anytime on demand, your choice, your time, whenever you're ready. But as always, I never share the stage by myself. Let me introduce you to some of the best in the business. First up, just the best and just, when I tell you soothing radio voice, oh my God, this woman has it all. Now listen, she's an accomplished author. She's an attorney. She's a pastor. Fellas, if you're looking for the woman of your dreams, she sits right here every Sunday morning. Let me introduce to you the very fabulous Miss Kathleen Williams. Good morning, Kathleen. How are you doing? I'm doing great this morning, Jay. How are you doing today? I am doing outstanding. Thank you so much for being here. We have a lot to talk about, and I've been thinking about you all week, and I said I cannot wait to hear what Kathleen has to say about some of this nonsense. So we'll have that conversation (laughs) coming up, but thank you so much for being here. And, you know, we always talk about our resident texter. He's a guy that always brings us knowledge. It's always through social media, but, you know, for some of the fans of the man, Johnny D, he's making that rare appearance. He is live with us this morning. We, we're excited to have him in the place. Mr. Johnny D is in the place to be. Good morning, sir. How are you doing today? Good morning. Blessed and highly favored and just grateful to have this opportunity to, to have God present grace and mercy to me and be a part of this contributing broadcast. So, again, I thank you, my brother. Amen. Nothing but, nothing but the love for you. It's my little brother right there. I love him to death. Good guy. So you folks can stop. He's here. Uh, so take advantage of it. He is here this morning to spread the knowledge, and so that way he'll be involved in the conversation, which is a beautiful thing. And, of course, the man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the man who's really in charge. I'm just the guy. I'm the front man. He's the guy, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? 
Good morning, good morning, sir. Good morning, Johnny, and good morning, Soror. How you doing this morning? Oh, God. Good morning, good morning. They're starting already. <laughs> good morning, Fred. They're starting already. They're starting already. Oh, my goodness. They are starting already. Okay. Uh, the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome is free. I'm sorry. I have to be a hater. The smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome is free, usually joins us after his commitment with Clear Channel Radio. So we hold it down until he gets here. And, of course, second set, our uh, director of social media, Jackie, is here to give you the information that, that you need to stay in contact with the show. Meanwhile, if you're listening live, you can participate. You can go to our world-famous chat room, which I'm already getting messages saying it's hard to get into. I don't understand why. I keep trying. You can check out the social media sites that we monitor throughout the process, throughout the course of the show. Or if all else fails, you can call in at 347 and be a part of this conversation. And we have a lot to talk about this morning. Let me break it down for you. Coming up first, we're going to talk about the contenders for 2020. We, we started this conversation last week, but I wanted to dedicate a whole set to it. And it's a beautiful thing that Johnny D's actually in the place to be to have this conversation. So we're going to talk Talk about who's on deck, not only for the 2018 elections, because I think we know what's happening there, but more importantly, who are the presidential contenders on the Democratic side uh, in the 2020, upcoming 2020 presidential uh, race. And next, after that, we're going to talk about Bill Cosby. What a fall from grace. We're going to have a conversation about America's dad, Dr. Hill. Cliff Huxtable, is in jail. And so we'll, uh, we'll dig into the details and have to... Warn ladies up front, I'm going to probably say some things that you're going to disagree with, uh, but uh, we're going to have that conversation, so you have to stay tuned. That's a tease. And, of course, we'll finish the uh, talking part or the conversational part of the show, talking about what we saw play out on national television this past week. It was riveting. It was something that I won't forget. It's just a remake of what happened back uh, when we had the Clarence Thomas and Anita Hill, Hill hearings. Uh, this, to me, was far worse uh, as far as I'm concerned, but we'll talk about that. Plus, on a need-to-know basis with our main man, Mr. Jerome Spree, and your opportunity, if you are phone shy, to participate in the show. Chatterbox, just make your comments. We're monitoring all fronts right now. Mr. Elias is in the house, so we are ready and we are able. Once again, one last time, three four seven eight five zero. 1272 is the uh, phone number. You can get in the conversation, which starts right about now. All right. Contenders for the 2020 uh, presidential campaign. You know, one of the things that everybody's paying, paying close attention to is are the elections that are coming up here within the next 60 days. But, and Mr. Elias, you always say this, that these are the most important elections. I mean, the presidential election mm-hmm. is important. I think that we all can say, based on what we've seen so far from Agent Orange, the bottom line is that it is very, very important who sits at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. But we also have to recognize that, and I agree with you wholeheartedly with this, that the 2018 elections or the midterm elections are more important because there are no term limits on these people that you put in office. They could be there forever. And so let's start the conversation off right there, Mr. Elias. When we talk about the – let's talk about the 2018 elections first, and then we'll work mm-hmm. our way to the 2020 presidential uh, uh, elections that are coming up here in the next couple of years. So coming up here next, do you think – because Jerome has already went on record to say this, that he thinks the Democrats can take the Senate. Are you in the same boat with him? Do you agree with that? Or do you think that it's a situation where they're going to take the House, but the Senate is still too far reach? For the Democrats, I, at first I was I was saying just the House, you know. I was disagreeing with Jerome on that, but after I'm watching 
certain news sources and the way things are going and the way Democrats are taking these special elections and the way that the uh, women are coming out to vote against Trump and uh, they're disgusted with him. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a little optimistic they might take the Senate too. I'm just a little optimistic because, you know, their seats are up, so they could take it. They could. If the, if, if the women voters come in droves, God, yes. Yes, most definitely. If, if well, all you these, mean independent and the Democratic women, right? Because women voters, voters, yes. Yeah. Okay, all right. Independent okay. women voters come out in droves. Uh, yeah, I, I, think it, I think the Senate can be won, and I, I don't think it's a far-fetched thing. I do. I, I watched a lot of news sources. And man, you know, (laughs) you know, it's an uptick, man. And if Trump keeps going the way he's going, I think I think it can be done. When you say it's an uptick, you mean that? uh, What do you mean by that? When you say it's an uptick? Well, he's he's you know he's he's pushing people to go. He is really pushing at that point for people to get out and vote, whether whether it be for him or not. But he's pushing. He's pushing a lot of a, a large and a large population of independent women to get out and vote against him. And I hope and I hope he keeps tweeting the way he tweets, man. I really do. I really do. Interesting. I hope he's not silent. Kathleen, do you share the same thoughts as Mr. Elias, or do you think that uh the Senate is a uh is a tough stretch for the Democrats to pull off the path? Way to taking the Senate is a little bit more difficult, obviously. But do you think it's within reach of the Democrats? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think really? it's okay. within reach. I do. I think not only do I think it's in reach. I um, th- these next, I don't know, these next shows between now and um, the time of the elections and all of that. Uh, yeah. You're gonna hear something a little bit different from me, and I'll tell you why. Uh, one of the things okay. is that I have, and I feel absolutely obliged to stay on my knees between now and then <laughs> and pray yeah. that this man <laughs> and all of his, um, all of his supporters, um, everyone who has decided that they want to engage in this uh, very dangerous and. Um, I just I can't call it anything but racist, sexist, misogynist partisanship on this towards the Republicans. I pray that they're all on their way out rapidly. Um, that's it. You know, we whatever we speak is what happens. So that's how I, I have to approach this that way because right now I feel like this is nothing short of a really spiritual time in the world. But I will, I, and that said, and I will also tell you that, um, yes, I do believe it. And I also believe that the, the events that we have seen is the, of the um, raising up of the underbelly of the, the true feelings of what's happening in America, the people of, of America. Because the people of okay. America... Are represented by those two women that stood in the elevator and stopped yes. their place. That those are the people of America. Now, interestingly enough, it was the women standing in the elevator. That scene was way deeper than anybody in the news has ever addressed. 
Now, the women standing in the elevator, at least one of them, represents the women who put Donald Trump in office, white women. So when we talk about what's going to happen in the upcoming election, remember that it was the woman vote who actually sealed it for Donald Trump. And and also, it was also a, um, we saw that a lot of, Black, the black vote, a lot of black people did not vote because they felt like, okay, it's the lesser of two evils at this point. Seven so million, the, yeah, to be exact. Uh, yeah. The, the, excuse me? No, I said it was seven million to be exact. Seven million that what? African American people who didn't show up to the polls uh, during the right. 2016 uh, election. Right. Yeah. Right. And, she, and he won by three, in the pot, three million in the popular vote, right? So if we think about no, it, she won by three. Uh huh. She won by three. It, didn't I just say three? I thought I said three. I'm sorry. Um, no, no. The, you said he. No, no. I was just making sure people know that it was Hillary Clinton who won the popular vote, not Donald Trump. Excuse me. She. Thank you. I did say that. I did say that incorrectly. Thank you very much. So yes, yeah, she. Okay. Um, she won the popular vote, but that you know we could we could have stopped it. But when we looked yep. at it, everyone was saying that it was the white white women white woman's vote who put him over mm-hmm. the top. And so now, what do we see happening in all throughout his um, administration and all throughout his presidency? Not all kinds of rising up of the Me Too movement and claims of sexual assault and the end history would have it that it would put us right back at the Supreme Court so we have absolutely no choice but to compare this to what happened to Anita Hill 27 years later. So that was a long way around saying yes, I absolutely believe it can happen. I know it can happen and I believe it will. We know uh, Johnny D, we have a passionate uh, African-American female on the line. I think that's what it's going to take in order for us to, uh, in order for Democrats, I should say, uh, to take back both the Senate and the House. But how do you feel about it? Do you think the Senate is within reach, or is that too, is that too heavy a, a load or uh, too much to ask at this point? Because based on the pathways, you have a lot of uh, Democrats who are up for uh, re-election in uh, red states that Trump won handedly. So, do you think it's a do you think it's a heavy lift, or do you think the uh, Democrats can take the Senate as well as the House? As optimistic as I would like to be, certainly, first and foremost, is doable uh, because you're not talking about an insurmountable difference between the number of seats that the Republicans hold and the Democrats. Of course, the the swing votes are going to be the two independents that currently hold Senate seats. So I agree with, 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 with Mr. Mr. Elias. It can be done. However, I also understand that America has oftentimes, when they get behind that curtain, went against its principles and morals. And it's almost as if I know what you said that you were going to do, but once they close that curtain and they cast their vote, typically it does not derive what they picked the morality in which we need to start moving forward with in America. So, again, it is doable. But the one thing that this particular topic here, Jay, and, and, and contributors that we, have, that we were talking about is who will, who will hold those seats? Um, are there any viable candidates out there uh, at, at, at the Senate level, you know, to, in, in order to, to overthrow the Republicans that's currently in office? It's as if we're waiting on them to implode. And that may or may not happen. So 
Yes, it, it is doable. However, you've got to have some viable candidates in order to do so. That's a good segue into uh, the 2020 presidential election that's coming up. You know, this past summer they ranked the top ten Democrats, Mr. Elias, that they think who has a chance to represent the Democratic Party against Donald Trump. And number one was Joe Biden. Number two mm-hmm. is Elizabeth Warren, 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 and she actually did say that after she's going to make her decision about running after the midterm elections, you have Kamala Harris, she's three, Kristen Gillibrand, she's four, Bernie Sanders, five, Eric Holder is six, Steve Bullock is seven, Cory Booker uh, is uh, eight, Mitch Laundrie, I think I'm saying his name correctly, he's the uh, former uh, uh, governor of Louisiana, and Sherry Brown is number ten, so when we look at what they are saying as far as who's out there in the field. First of all, do you agree with the order? And second of all, who do you think's missing off that list? Hmm. Yeah, I agree with it, most definitely. Um, you agree with the order and everything. I don't even know who Steve Bullock no, no. is, to be honest with you. But, no, I'm just but, saying but, I okay. agree with the, the candidates. I'm not saying I agree with the order, but I agree with it. Okay. Uh, Camilla okay. Harris, okay. I, I like Camilla Harris. I definitely like Camilla Harris. I, think I, she I, you know, a, do you think she has a shot of winning, though? I mean, do you think she honestly has a shot at winning the Democratic nominee? And then, you know, so we're asking America to do something because, listen, the reason why we have Trump, which I'm I think we you all I agree. Like. Okay, but I'm, but I'm asking you. you let me, like. Okay, take, take your personal feelings out of it and give me your uh, give me your. Well, we're not professionals. That's the reason why the show is what it is. Just give me your. From an analyst, from an analytical standpoint, as an analyst, Mr. Elias, do you think Camilla, am I saying that right because I hear people say Carmella and Carmella Harris, do do you think she, honestly, do you think America, the reason why Donald Trump is in the White House, and I think we all agree to this, is because we had eight years of an African-American occupying 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. So do you think that white America is saying, okay, we're going to go ahead and not only bring another African-American back in, but we're going to bring African-American female do you honestly think that's going to happen? Do you, seriously, I mean, I'm just I, you know you're, you're, that's your personal opinion. Clown, just, I wouldn't, after this clown, I wouldn't doubt it. You know, after this clown really? and I, after this clown, I wouldn't doubt it. I like her. I do. I do. I like what she stands <laughs> I do for. I like her too. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if she's going to be the one. But so, who do you think that's missing off this list, though? Because I named ten. Um, who do you think's missing off the list? I don't know. I, I thought about Deval Patrick, but I see. I, I don't think know. he's missing off the list. I, I really do. Yeah. I think he is missing off that list. And uh, you know, I'm going to throw a name out there. You guys may think I'm crazy for throwing this name out there, but General Colin Powell. He's not a Democrat. He's voted Democratic. He voted Democratic for the last three presidential elections because he didn't support Trump. I want to make sure I got my facts right. I know he voted for President Obama twice. I'm not sure who he voted for in uh, 2016, if he voted at all, or if he put a wrote, or if he did a write-in, or whatever the case may be. I think General Powell will mess this whole thing up. Now, I think he's probably at an age where we may be saying, you know, Johnny D. He's a little too old. But I mean, come on, look at Biden. You know, look who we have in the White House now. These guys are in their 70s. Biden will be, what, 70, what, 5 or 6 when 2020 comes? I mean, 73, 76? Okay, so when we're looking at these guys, if Biden is the front runner, why can't Colin Powell jump in the mix? Right? Uh, You know, as as well-respected as Colin Powell is, and I've got a Uh great admiration for Colin Powell, I I don't for foresee that. Uh, I think 
if Colin Powell had any interest in that office, he would have done it in the 90s when he was not only most popular, but he was he could have been a a, a person of change for the Republican Party. Uh, one who I think is gradually trying to sneak them way in, and to be quite honest with you, he he will have some support. Uh, I think bipartisan as well as with the African-American vote as an independent vote, which is John Kerry. Now, again, now I'm not a John Kerry person, so this is certainly not an endorsement, but I think John Kerry has gradually tried to put himself back on the center stage. You're right about that. That that, that you um, called off, Jay, uh, I think that that is a, a, a populist vote, which means these are individuals whom America would like to see but very few of those individuals have actually indicated that they have any interest. And, you know, we're looking at that window of opportunity. Uh, We're almost 24 months from actual election day. So if any of them are going to declare themselves, then they're going to have to get out there relatively quickly. But again, watch John Kerry, Um, you know, with with him serving as the secretary of state under the Obama administration, I think he will draw the African-American support. Certainly he has been, with the Joe Liebermans in the world, so that might draw the independent vote. Uh, he's certainly mm. a lot younger in age than Joe Biden, and some of the other candidates yeah. are just not well-known nationally. So, uh, again, watch John Kerry. Um, I, I think he's a, p- a person that we're going to have to watch over the next five to six months just to see how much uh, interest he can draw nationally. That's a good pull by you because I didn't even think of him. I, I thought about Patrick Duvall, but I didn't think of John Kerry. You know, he and he's a former uh, uh, Democratic uh, nominee for for president back when he ran against George Bush. Uh, let me let me end it with you, uh, uh, <clears throat> Kathleen. You know, and I want to go back to now, Elizabeth Warren, and you know, to to me, really the two serious contenders from 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 a female from the female side is really Warren, Warren, Senator Warren, and Senator Harris, and I think between the two. I don't know. There's something about Elizabeth Warren that uh, that I just can't put my finger on. I, I would support her if she won the, the nominee, the nomination. Um, but I, you know, I would prefer to see Senator Harris represent the Democratic Party. But let me ask you, between the two women, who would you prefer to see? And you know, the bottom line is, if it's Elizabeth Warren, do you think she has a shot? Because this is all about beating Trump if he's still in office by then, either Trump or Pence, depending on what happens with this Russia and, and Russia investigation. But do you think that between the two, who would you like, question number one, and question number two, if it is Senator Warren, do you think she has a shot, a legitimate shot? Hmm. Well, I think that when we're talking, when, I think when we're talking about the vote, and we're yep. looking at the, um, we're looking at the statistics when we're speaking about the vote, it's always going to break uh-huh. down according to racial and gender lines because we can say True. how we think most women will vote, how we think most black people will vote, blah blah blah. And usually, usually yep, yep. when you talk about the African American vote, with the exception of that guy, I think who was in uh, was he in Georgia? Where was he? That everyone said black women put him in office. I can't remember. He was running against uh, the, what, Doug Jones, Alabama. Yeah. Alabama. Alabama. Okay, with the exception of him, when they talk about the black vote, they talk about the black vote. 
they don't usually break down the black vote according to uh, gender lines. Um, just in that particular instance, I think usually when they mention him, they say, wait a minute, black women put this guy in office. Now, I preface my answer with that because when we're talking about the candidate for the presidential office, I think it becomes mm-hmm. dangerous when we, look, when we start to segment the candidates according to gender lines. And I think that if we continue to – and then I say well, we, I say we as a country – if we continue to yeah. do that, it'll be even longer before we ever see a woman candidate, a woman take that office. So when we're looking at the candidate, yes, it is. Um, and I didn't think about that until this this very moment when you said, well, from a female perspective, which woman do you think, if a woman can win, which woman can take mm-hmm. the office? And when I, when I heard that, I said, you know what? That's exactly why we don't have a woman in office because mm. we do that as a, because we do that as a country. That's exactly what That's we good. did to um, Mrs. Clinton, um, and that uh-huh. you know she she had other issues, but it really did come yep. down to even herself. She said it herself. I'm going to break through this glass ceiling, and so long as we yeah. see the person as a gender and not as the president. We will not put a woman mm-hmm. will not win that office. So when I look at these, candidates, I have to, uh, you know, I have to look at my own programming and set because I, I did not vote for Mrs. Clinton. I don't think I was ever. Uh, wait, excuse me. I did vote for Mrs. Clinton in the um, presidential election, but I did not yeah, vote for yeah. her in the um, primary. I don't think. Um, actually, I don't even okay. remember. I just I, I I gathered so much against Trump that I it didn't. <laughs> You know, and I think that's where a lot of people are, is just like gathering against right. Trump. So out of the candidates, yeah. do I think that Kerry's missing off the list? I think he's a potential candidate. I I don't like him as the winner. Mm-hmm. Um I don't I didn't we didn't I didn't really like him when he ran. Um, but he right. was, the, you know, he was our choice in in the you know Got primary it. whatever. But um, I know okay. you, I, I can feel you trying to go. So let me give you this quote that I <laughs> yes, do I think <laughs> yes, do I think Kamala Harris can win? You know, yes, I do think she can win. But in order for her to do that, I believe that she's going to have to. There's going to have to be an event where we see her as right. totally non nonpartisan. Um, before yeah. people will feel more comfortable with her. And Elizabeth Warren, I don't know what that thing yeah. is, but I have it too. I don't know what it is about her. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't call it. There's something. But, yes, I would support her as well, and I do think she has as much option as any. I don't feel like Eric Holder can. Um, that's just yeah. my opinion. He's, he's smart enough, but on the charisma side, he's a little, but he's a little waning. Yeah, no, I, I got you on that. He's, uh, yeah, he, he's far down there. I'm not sure if he's going to get any traction, but I agree with you on that, and you're absolutely correct about uh, that, that whole thing with uh, Senator Warren and Kamala Harris. I agree with you, and you're right. It, it reminds me of the Nike commercial when uh, Serena Williams won her 23rd Grand Championship. Uh, they put the greatest female athlete, then you saw a line go through female. We have to stop looking at them like that and just give them their praise for what they do. You're absolutely correct, and thank you for pointing that out. All right, coming up, 
Uh, coming up next, we're going to have a conversation about Bill Cosby. That's the second set. But as you know, every week we have a segment called Informative Celeste, something that you need to know. With all the news dealing with Trump, uh, sometimes we forget some of the things that are going on. And an effort that started in 2015, when we were looking at this nation and how we praise Confederate soldiers, there are schools all across this country who are making moves to get rid of Confederate statues and school names, etc. So we're going to look at a school in San Antonio who's made that move. Here is this week's edition of Informative Celeste. We'll be right back after this. Over the past three years, dozens of schools named after Confederate leaders have been renamed amid the national debate over Confederate symbols. Robert E. Lee High School in San Antonio is one of the latest, and the rebranding met quite a bit of resistance along the way. Texas Public Radio's Camille Phillips stopped by the first home football game of the season to get some reaction. It's an hour before kickoff, and Lee's dance teams are running through their warm-ups. They used to be called the Rebel Rousers and the Dixie Drillers. Not anymore. Now they're the Royal Rubies and the Darling Drillers, part of the effort that also changed the mascot, the fight song, and retired some cheers. The dancers still wear their signature cowboy hats, sequins, and fringe, but team mom Jessica Sanchez feels it's just not the same. For seniors, at least, that have been there a little bit and have been the original name, it's put a little bit of a, a gray cloud over their senior year. The Lee and Lee High School is now an acronym for Legacy of Educational Excellence, not Robert Lee. Sanchez was against the change. It's history, and history is history. We can't change that. It had nothing to do with our era or any of these children. Like many schools across the country named after Confederate leaders, San Antonio's Robert E. Lee High School was founded in the 1950s, shortly after court-ordered desegregation. There are currently more than 130 schools named after Confederate soldiers. According to Education Week, roughly three dozen others have changed their names since 2015, after the Charleston Church shooting brought renewed attention to Confederate symbols. Kenny Strawn was a senior at Lee High School last year. He was a general that led a rebellion against the United States. And in no other countries on earth do you see them glorifying generals of armies that fought against them. Strom says the white supremacist rally at Robert E. Lee's statue in Charlottesville convinced him to push for the name to be removed from his school. It didn't seem like a place where everyone should feel safe should be named after something like that. But at this football game, it was hard to find anyone that supports the name change. Down in the student stands where the mascot dances in their new costume, 10th grader Gabby Moncaba is worried about school spirit. Everyone's been making fun of the, the name change and the school song, so a lot of people don't approve of it. The mascot used to be a Confederate soldier named Grumpy Gus. Now it's a military service dog. School officials say they spent about $300,000 replacing the mascot, removing the statue of Robert E. Lee in the school lobby, and updating signs. They plan to move that statue and other Confederate-themed artifacts to a museum in the school library. Principal Nicole Franco says they implemented the effort over the summer to get a fresh start for the new school year. We can't afford the distractions. We have four short years with students, and we've got to keep plugging along at what we're here to do. District officials say it would have cost more than a million dollars if they hadn't kept the name Lee and continued calling the athletics teams the volunteers. 
For NPR News, I'm Camille Phillips in San Antonio. what's been a very long road for the women who've come to be known as the Cosby Accusers. You are a sinful and disgusting human being, and until your death, you deserve every bit of suffering that jail time and prison might bring to you. Welcome back again, 347-850-1272. That was one of the Cosby Accusers uh, when they had the opportunity to make their victim impact statement. Welcome back in. Once again, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. We're going to definitely have a conversation about Bill Cosby and what happened uh, this past week. But before we do that, let's bring in uh, one of our, uh, I guess we can call him a contributor, Mr. Elias. Huh? We don't see this guy often, uh, but uh, when he does show up, he usually brings a little bit of uh, bring a little bit of light to the conversation. I'm not sure if it's bright light or dim light, but you know, hey, he's here. People have been asking about him. Let's say good morning to the man, Steve. Is checked in. What's going on, Steve? How you doing? Yes, sir. Controversial Steve is in the building. And over 200 suspects identified in the Me Too movement. We had to go to the head Negro in charge. And you know what? It's the, it's the, it's the history of the black man. It's the history. That, and people have to understand that Caucasian has been in power for about 200 years. When you look at Ancient Rome, after the first 13 Caesars, black royal power in Europe and in ancient Germany, ancient Greece, people have to understand that is the reason why we are attacked the way we are attacked. They have to unseal court records. They have to do unprecedented things and reach as high as they can to bring us down because of the power our history that has been robbed from us in social studies class they never told you about ancient Greece and, and, and our royal history lineage that we come from. That is why we are attacked the way we are attacked. So that's my statement for this morning. I'm going to be here if you have any other questions. Well, thank you, Steve. I appreciate it. That was a three-minute commentary brought to you by Steve. Thank you so much for enlightening us on that. In all seriousness, though, uh, you bring up a point that's a good segue into the conversation. You know, Bill Cosby this week was uh, sentenced to three to ten years for he was convicted of a a crime against a young lady that worked at Temple University. Um, You know, I have some some raw feelings about this whole thing. Uh, So before I get into what I have to say, let me just swing it around the table and get uh, opinions of everyone here. Let me start with you, Johnny D, your thoughts on the Cosby uh, sentencing. Do you think it was too much, too little? What's your opinion on that whole thing? It's a sad day. Uh, However, the courts have spoken and the actions have spoken. So clearly, Mr. Cosby has allowed himself to engage in criminal predicate. So truthfully, um, it's sad that it's taken this long. And you hate to see a person of his stature fall from grace and conduct themselves in the manner in which he has because clearly he did not have to. But since he did, 
the sentence is the thing that I have the most concern about because as the prison system has such an aging population, I'm just not certain that a day-to-day conviction as well as imprisonment was perhaps the best sentence for a person that's 81 years of age and in ill health. Uh, So I think that there could have been some alternative sentencing. However, to label him as a sex offender I think is appropriate. Uh, To abolish him for his acts I think is appropriate. However, again, my concern would be the sentencing itself uh, based on his age and the opportunities that he could have provided to be more of an outreach person than anything. So those are my thoughts. But, again, a deplorable act and and just a sad day in the uh, African-American history. Hmm. You know, it's interesting you say that. You know, Steve, you led off with your comments about the head Negro and, and uh, you know, and Johnny D, you can tell that this is a man who great statue. But, you know, one of the reasons why we think a lot of this came to, 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 came to uh, notice is because of the fact that Bill Cosby felt that he had not, it was his job to lecture the African-American community. And, you know, so black folks didn't want to hear that. But, you know, Johnny D, you're not the only one who feels that maybe uh, Bill Cosby should have received uh, a different outcome uh, at his sentencing. Uh, a person who's actually familiar with spending time behind bars, uh, Mr. O.J. Simpson. They caught up with O.J. and they asked O.J. about the Cosby verdict. Let's listen and talk on the other side. Online radio at its best. O.J., how do you feel about the Bill Cosby sentencing? Well, sentencing, I don't know. I don't know anything about the case. I didn't follow it, but... You got any, uh, I always feel any you got to honor. You got to honor the jury verdict, whatever that is. Uh, any advice for him, like behind bars? Well, if he goes to prison, I'm sure that we got to protect him. But they're going to have to put him in protective custody because it takes one nut, you know. The problem is the nature of the crime. You know, rape is frowned upon in prison. And uh, but with his health and his age and the nature of the crime, there's not a warden in this country who wants the responsibility of him. Bill, Bill Cosby. I, I, I think they should let him do his time on the house arrest. Online radio at its best. So he uh, echoes Johnny D's opinion on uh, Bill Cosby, and he said that there's not a war- warren, uh, warden in the country that will want the responsibility if something happens to Bill Cosby behind bars. Let me swing around to you, Mr. Elias. Uh, your thoughts on the three to ten year uh, sentence? Uh, how do you feel uh, about this whole thing with with Cosby? Just give me your thoughts. Well, my thoughts are, man. Um, you know something, man. You know I gotta agree with Johnny D on this one, man. I, I really do. I hate to see this happen to uh, quote unquote America's dad, but it, it, you know, come on, man. Sixty women coming forth to say that this is true. Come on, man. One, you know, come on, man. This is it's ridiculous. But I also think that at eighty-one years old, you know, they they. <laughs> I'm inclined to believe they could have put him on house arrest. But then I think about Jennard Hazard when he got convicted, uh, but he didn't get convicted of being a sexual predator. He got convicted of federal crime. So it's a totally different thing. But that's what he was. That's what he was on the line for. So, you know, he could have they could have put him like like Johnny D said as a sexual predator and um, they could have put him on house arrest at 81 years old. You know, it's okay. 
Uh, well, you know, listen, uh, Steve, uh, you've already made your comments on this. You know, listen, l- let me. Uh, so when. You, <laughs> So I want to make sure I want to give you an opportunity to kind of clean something up because I think that when people hear it, I'm starting to read some stuff now. People saying that we're feeling sorry for Bill Cosby. What about the women? Why should we feel sorry about Bill Cosby? Why shouldn't we have more remorse for I the women? I don't feel sorry uh, versus, for Bill Cosby at all. Okay. I don't. Oh, I, I, I well, well, no, and neither do I. Is, neither do I. Well, Mr. Elias, the thing is, is that we have to also remember. He is not the only Hollywood guy. It's my. It's it's, it's it's more about he is a small fish in a big pond. We've got Donald Trump on video. We've got and I think he should do jail time. Woody Allen. We've got all this. We've got a, a sea of mess, and it's about the greatness of the black man. It really is. Because you got to see of this, it's back at, see, there's different generations had different standards back in the day. They were arresting people back when Bill Cosby was coming up in his 20s and 30s. They were arresting people for rape back then. If he was really as bad as they said he was back in the 60s, the 50s, the 40s, the, the 80s, they were arresting people for rape back then. And then on top of that, take, take a look at the situation. Right after he tried to buy a television network, all this stuff that comes up. That's, that's my issue is that we have a history of locking people up in this country that goes way far back. And America has a history of taking drugs back in the 70s and having sex. I, America has a history of that. Even the Playboy okay. Ranch has a history of Jay, can, 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 can I say something once Mr. King yeah, gets absolutely. finished? Yeah, absolutely. And I think Mr. L.E.S. and I feel the same way from this standpoint. I'm not feeling sorry for Bill Cosby in the least. I think Bill Cosby, again, his actions was deplorable because he mm-hmm. is a man who people trusted and he violated them. So when, when, when I say what I indicated about the sentencing, has nothing to do with the conviction. He is a convicted felon. He is a sexual predator. And he should be looked at accordingly. However, when you look at his health and you look at the, 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 the cause and effect, what benefit is it to sentence a man at 81 years of age, again, in a growing in an aging population in the prison system. But he committed a crime, Johnny. I mean, he committed so did, a crime. So did the so kid that did after Wednesday. Exactly. Right? Well, I, I tell yeah. you, and, and, and once again now, Again, he is a sexual Kill predator. People. Okay, the conviction, the conviction is lawful and is bindful, and and we as African Americans should not, in the least bit, and remotely feel sorry for Bill Cosby and his violation of those brother, women. Brother. However, I brother. look at it from the standpoint of of a sentence, and now I don't I, I don't I don't favor O.J. Simpson, but I listen to the comments that O.J. Simpson said, and being a person. Who works within the law enforcement community I have to agree with him There is a lot of responsibility That now is placed upon the taxpayers Of that state of Pennsylvania To care for an individual And with the clearly declining health When Bill Cosby can pay for his own health care So there was different sentencing options Is what I'm suggesting However his actions His actions are deplorable And, and he should be convicted 
he should be condemned and he should be labeled for that which he is as a sexual predator. Okay, now, let, let me give you my opinion. Let, let me jump in, Steve. Hold on, Steve. Let, let, me, let me say what I have to say here. Do I want to get to the phone lines? Because here, here's something that bothers me, and I think if you've been listening to this show, you know I've said this in the past. What Bill Cosby has done is deplorable. As far as I'm concerned, you know, listen, I understand uh, Johnny D because you have more of an insight on that side. And, you know, so I, I guess, you know, listen, I can agree uh, with you on that because you would know more about that than I would. But here's my problem with the whole situation. You know, bottom line is, is that he paid this woman $3.4 million. They settled out of court, okay? They settled out of court for $3.4 million. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. The bottom line is what Bill Cosby did was wrong as all get out. But what she did, in my opinion, was just as wrong. Because if someone does anything to me that has shaken me to my core, that has taken me to a point where you have, you know, you've taken away my dignity, you've done everything to me, there's not enough money in Fort Knox for me to sit here and say I'm going to be quiet. So if you're going to... You know, bottom line, if you're going to come out and say, look, I'm going to violate the agreement, right, then give the man back his $3.4 million. Where, where's the money? And, and don't, don't write me with this nonsense at all. Oh, this is, it ain't about money. Yes, it is, because she should have never, she should have prosecuted that man, or she should have continued with what was going on with that guy at that particular time. Don't give me money. Don't say, oh, my God, let me, you know, oh, oh you know, okay, I'm gonna, g- g- give me $3.4 million, I'm going to be quiet. You know, I'm going to, shh, I'm going to be quiet. Even though it's shaking me to my core, I'm going to be quiet because you gave me, there's no price tag on that type of stuff. So if you felt that hurt about it, you should have said something when it happened. And I'm not, that, that by no stretch of the imagination is saying that Bill Cosby, you know, she should have been quiet. No, I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is what's right and what's right and what's wrong is what's wrong. If you agreed to this, then she had no business saying anything, and if she is going to say something, then give back the $3.4 million. I'm not sure if that means anything to him, but it's just the principle of the thing. Let's, let's get out to Vanessa. It looks like Vanessa wants to get in here. Vanessa, good morning. Welcome in, sweetie. What say you? Good morning. First, I want to agree with you, Jay, that if someone has done something to you, then um, no amount of money should be enough to cover what they have done. And if she did, she should give the money back. The comment to the other gentleman who said that, or even whoever on the panel that said that they thought that Bill Cosby, at the age of 80-something years old, should have been on house arrest where he could have paid his own medical uh, Johnny, the, Johnny the state paying, instead of the state paying for it. When my nephew was incarcerated and he got sick, the chaplain called me and said, your nephew is sick. We need you to put some money on his books to pay for his antibiotics. He needs this, he needs this, he needs that. And I had to put some money on his books for it. So I don't know how that works, but I don't think that uh, a lot of the stuff that Bill Cosby's going to need, the taxpayers are going to be paying for it. They're going to tell Bill Cosby's family to put the money on the books to pay for it. Okay, the next thing is 
as a person who who this all of this has brought back a lot of bad uh, memories and thoughts for me. And I think Jay, I said it on our show that we had once before. Yeah. Um, and, and I was just telling my daughter the other day that this has brought back some really bad nightmares for me. Um, she was four years old or three or four. My daughter's 34. And people in my family don't even know that this has happened to me unless they were immediate family, that Jessica, who was my daughter, and I were kidnapped in our home. And somebody broke into the house and killed her when she was sleeping and put a knife to my throat and assaulted me and kept us until daybreak. So let me say this to anybody who is listening to the sound of my voice. Well, my daughter's 34. It happened at least 30 years ago. Cousins, aunties, people don't even know it has happened to me. I do discuss it now because more people do discuss it. The memories never go away. The heart never goes away. I could care less. Well, Bill Cosby only has to do three years. But I don't care. They found the person who assaulted me and my daughter, who kidnapped us, who assaulted me and kidnapped us. And he would be 90 years old. I personally wouldn't care if he sat in prison and rotted with health issues because what he has put me through has nothing to do with him going to jail and being able to look at TV and read books and work out and do whatever. Bill Cosby is not as bad as y'all think he is because when he got in trouble, not this last time, but the time before that, he got mad. He wasn't walking with his cane. He was cussing out people in the courtroom. He is not. He was fronting a lot of that. Yesterday, he was in prison serving pudding and pizza. That's what he did yesterday. Because it comes across well, my phone not a, every time. Whatever. He's not a wise man. I don't care. He's not a wise man. But what what it is? What the situation is? When you go through unprecedented measures. And you unseal documents. And even my aunt talked about in the 70s the drugs and the sex that were going on and women wanting quaaludes. And then you talk to the jury, and the jury's like, well, when we listen to the, video, the tape about him uh, giving women quaaludes, that was my decision on conviction. With that being ignorant, not knowing that America in the 70s, women wanted quaaludes and were having sex. So that was but the culture. But a lot of women did back, he... That was the culture. No. And Hugh Hefner. I was back Hugh Hefner gave plenty of women quaaludes. Did not want a quaalude, honey. I mean, everybody that he assaulted and his driver took them home, that's who told it on him, too, was the driver. So everybody that, that took a pill, 50 something women, didn't take a quaalude and wake up and didn't know what they were. I don't feel sorry for Bill Cosby, who was rich then, who had a wife, who had a family, who had money, could have bought a prostitute that was so gorgeous, honey, that would make you holler. And then he did this. He drugged them, and then he had his driver take them home. Not every one of those women wanted that. Because I was a swimsuit model, and somebody was watching me, was that saying that I was asking for it? Because I was a swimsuit model, and somebody was watching me? And broke into my house and did that? No. No. You can't put this back off on the woman. You can't do that because he shouldn't have done it. I agree with you. 
No, I agree with you on that, Vanessa. I, you, you can't do that. There's no way you can blame the victim for stuff like this. No means no. I mean, I have a friend of mine, a real good friend of mine, that, uh, and, and we all know him. And um, and 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 he tells me he tells me a story about um, how he, um, when he was younger, he was out on a date with a young lady, and you know they were in the bed and kissing and doing all these wonderful things and you know it got to the point where he was all right i'm ready to get down and she was like no and and he was like oh come on baby come on baby and you know and kind of persuaded her to 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 commit this you know to commit the act and and uh, and after it was over she turned to him and said hey you know you just just raped me and and um and he was like what and you know and so she saw him um, uh, 30 years later uh, at a reunion and uh, they hugged each other and you know and she said you know she reminded him you know you raped me right and and she forgave him and he was just distraught behind this because he didn't realize that okay you know we're in the bed we're kissing we're doing all these wonderful things I'm ready to take the next step once she said no then the light should have came on he should have turned Luther off and that should have been the end of it but it, it, it didn't happen that way and and um Fortunately for him, I guess she didn't pursue it. But Vanessa, you're right. I mean, you know, if a woman, you know, and this, it, it's same thing with Darren Sharper, Mr. Elias. He was this another guy, yeah. good-looking guy, dated Gabriel Union, uh, you know, all these beautiful women. But yet, and still, it was this sadistic power or this urge to feel that they have had have control over the opposite sex. This is a guy who was a Super Bowl. Champion, uh, he's you know a candidate for MVP, you know good-looking guy, came from a well-rounded family, good parents, and now he's in jail. I mean, I don't but know what know, possessed so people or make people do these types of things. I don't get it. What are you saying, Vanessa? You have to be convicted you beyond a reasonable doubt. That's my main thing. You, you don't think Bill Cosby was convicted a beyond a reasonable doubt, Steve? They had to take unprecedented measures and unsealed documentation to do that. That's my point. They have to re- No, listen, but you and I are saying the same thing. Uh, listen, but you and you I know are that saying the same thing. But you know that Bill Cosby admitted to giving thing. those women drugs to relax. Well, yeah, know he that, did, right? but well, we know that. But he what I'm saying that. is, and I think, no, no, and Steve, and Steve and I, for probably once, just like an eclipse every seven years, we agree. I mean, the bottom line is, is that you know, if you sign, if you settled out of court, then you have not. That's the way the law is. We don't like the law. We don't like you know. That's just the justice system. So if you're going to settle out of court and say, okay, this didn't, you paid me enough money to shut my mouth, then guess what? You have nothing to say. You can't come back. I mean, I tell you, it's it, to me, and I and I can hear, and I'm watching people respond. We're going to have an interesting chatterbox because I, a lot of people may not agree with my assessment on this. And I'm not saying it. Please let me say this for the record: I am not saying that Bill Cosby should not spend the rest of his life in jail. I'm not saying that Bill Cosby isn't a, a monster. It's hard because when you see these people every day, Bill Cosby, you know, growing up in you know, during that time, especially if you lived in a in a house where you didn't have a father, you know, people like Bill you know, 
Dr. Huxtable and, and James Evans. You know, that's why we call them by their fictitious characters' names, because they filled the void in our life. When I sat back and watched the Cosby show, I wanted to be Theo. You know, when I sit back, well, I didn't want to be J.J. from Good Times, but I wanted to have, because, you know, they lived in the projects and all, but, you know, I digress. But I wanted, a, you know, a father figure when James Evans used to snatch up J.J., if you saw me in my bedroom, I would straighten up a little bit because they were role models for us. And Mr. Elias, the reason why Bill Cosby got in trouble was because of the fact that he felt that he could say things to the African-American community. And that guy, listen, to Hannibal Barris, was that the guy who said that uh, Bill Cosby yes, was sir. a rapist? Yes, sir. And it kind of it took on a life, a, a life of his own because black folks, I remember when he made that pound cake speech, and black folks went crazy. Who are you to tell us, you know, who are you? And so when you put yourself out there like that, you know, if you live in a glass house, man, get ready because the stones are coming. Folks don't like you talking about them or feel that you have the obligation because you have the moniker of America's dad that you can give them and tell them what they need to do. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. We've run right past the top of the hour. We're going to step out. Jerome's not here, so that means we're going to have to make up some time on on a, on a need-to-know basis, so we're going to have more conversation time that's going to come up. We're going to step out and take a break here real quick. We'll continue the conversation on the other side. Jackie's waiting in the queue to give us some viable information how you can get in contact with the show when we're not live. It's the serious side. We'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere. a message for all you teenagers out there who are thinking of becoming babysitters. Go online and take the Babysitting Basics course offered by the Red Cross. Do you know where Mommy and Daddy keep the bandages? You learn how to handle situations like this? It should have never come to this. More importantly, how to avoid them. Do you know where Mommy and Daddy keep the fire extinguisher? This is Kathleen. <laughs> Please, I'm begging you, take the course. She had to go to the store. I guess I'll be okay. You'll learn how to take care of kids, even infants. This is not how mom does it. Cat food, I'm begging you. Please, go online and take this course. The Red Cross offers classes that teach the basics of babysitting. In just a few hours, you'll learn how to handle an emergency. The basics of child care and how to talk to the parents if something should go wrong. Take the course. Go to redcross.org slash babysitting and register today.
breath's assault on me drastically altered my life. For a very long time, I was too afraid and ashamed to tell anyone these details. I'm not questioning that Dr. Ford may have been sexually assaulted by some person in some place at some time. But I have never done this to her or to anyone. Dr. Ford, with what degree of certainty do you believe Brett Kavanaugh assaulted you? 100%. I am innocent of this charge. I intend no ill will to Dr. Ford and her family. The other night, Ashley and my daughter, Liza, said their prayers. And little Liza, all 10 years old? Wow. Said to Ashley, we should pray for the woman. I believed he was going to rape me. I tried to yell for help. When I did, Brett put his hand over my mouth to stop me from yelling. I was not at the party described by Dr. Ford. This confirmation process has become a national disgrace. Since my nomination in July, there's been a frenzy on the left to come up with something, anything, to block my confirmation. Welcome back in 347 to you listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio, and it's best 14 minutes after the hour. Glad you guys are here spending a portion of your Sunday with us. Let me introduce you to the peeps. Let me say good morning. Let's say good morning to the my main man, Mr. Steve. Steve's in the house. Good morning, Steve. How you doing? Good morning, Jay. Good morning, everybody. Say good morning to the resident texter who's actually in the house this morning, making a lot of people smile. The one and only Johnny D. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Doing well. Thank you. And the man who gets the first and last word here, Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Still is. Can we say hello to some people in the chat room? If you don't uh, know. It was just Covina man in there and nobody else. I guess they are having problems getting into the chat room. No one else is in there. Sorry, Covina. Wow, sorry about that, guys. I wish we could fix that. I don't know what to do or tell you about that, but hey, you're listening. Let's say good morning to some folks who see. Good morning to the pastors in the house, as always. Cedric is in the house from Cypress. I'm sorry, Corpus Christi, Texas. Tim from Atlanta. Terry is in the house from North Kakalaki. Bevin? Bevin, Bevin, okay, Bevin, Bevin, Bevin from, I can't say that, Bevin, I'm just going to say Kansas, uh, also from uh, Al's in the house, what's up, Al, Drew's in the house, a lot of people checking us out on social media, glad you guys are in, 347-850-1272, speaking of social media, swing out to our director of social media outreach, the one and only Jackie, Jackie, good morning, how are you? Good morning, Rich I'm doing. I'm doing well, how's everybody doing? Good, good. Outstanding. So if people want to stay in contact with this show when it's not live, what can they do, Jackie? But definitely if you want to check out the TJRS Radio Network, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And all three pages have the same ending handle. Facebook.com slash groups, Twitter.com, Instagram.com slash 
TJRS Radio. All right, there you go. Uh, in contact with the show. I also want to say good morning to Momo BZ and the evening. Oh. I love you, sweetie. Cousin, the house was happening, cuz. Cousin Jimmy from uh, San Antonio, what's happening to you? And uh, of course, you heard from Vanessa Mae Belly from the McInerney earlier in the show. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Seventeen minutes after the hour, and uh, this past week has been a week that uh, I don't think anyone can uh, forget. Uh, we had the Kavanaugh hearings, and we saw a display that I thought was just off the chain. You know, Brett <laughs> Kavanaugh. This guy is actually up for. Uh, the Supreme Court nominee by President Donald Trump. And so I tell you what, Mr. Elias, what we saw play out on TV was it was heart-wrenching for me. I watched the whole thing. I scheduled my meetings around it. Uh, I made sure my office door was closed so I could watch it. The uh, testimony of Dr. Ford was unprecedented. And if you weren't, if it didn't tug at your heartstrings when she retold the story about how this man threw her down on the bed, got on top of her, and put her his hands over her mouth, and she thought that for a minute, and she made sure she said the word accidentally, because apparently his grip was so strong that she couldn't breathe. And so now he came with this whole choir boy type thing. Oh, you know, I, you know, I'm Mr. Mr. Wright and all this other stuff. And at the end of the day, it looks like this guy has lied. Not only has he lied to to, to doing some of his testimony because they've proven those lies to be true. But the bottom line is, here we are in a situation where this guy is only one vote away, Mr. Elias. And so now we're at a point where the Democrats and Republicans were able to get together and determine, okay, we want to delay this for a week, okay, let the FBI come in and do an investigation. But we're already hearing that the White House is limiting the scope, saying that Mm -hmm. the FBI can only do so much. What's your thoughts on this mm-hmm. whole thing, man? How did this whole thing play out for you? And what's your, and just, you know, what say you in regards to this whole Kavanaugh hearing? I, I was actually surprised and not surprised. I I was surprised they didn't they didn't they didn't send a vote through. I was actually shocked because it was all well, the they sham. actually did. They actually yeah, but did. They voted to hold it off to move forward. Yeah, but to hold it off a week pending an investigation. Come on, man! And then you you, you tie the FBI's hands. Not to talk to everybody, then the third woman, they can't even talk to her. Come on. I mean, if he is, why are they, why are they holding so many documents back from the public? Why are they holding so many, so, so much stuff back from the public that, that you can't give a fair assessment of this guy? Then, and then, then why is so why many the documents victims, back from the yes, public? What, do you, thousands what documents of them. are they withholding? Okay. Oh, You're talking about the ones oh, from the oh, Bush oh, White oh, House? His ruling, yeah, his rulings and everything else. You know, Cory Booker had two. Um, rulings are public records, though. Not on some of that stuff. Not not some, not, not some of his writings. Not some of his writings. Well, they're holding them back. I think it's, I, I, I think what they're saying is that there are uh, uh, information from the Bush White House that they're not right. releasing all that information. Right. Or, or, or even if they release it, it's redacted, and, and they dropped it on them on, at the last minute, right before the hearings. 40,000 pages of document or whatever that number is. But I get what you're saying. Go ahead. And then why are the victims asking for investigations and he's not? What happened when Dick Durbin asked him, hey, are you willing to uh, uh, have an FBI investigation done? He's I'll do whatever the Senate wants. Why, If he's an innocent person, why wouldn't he say, I don't care. Yeah, let's do it. That's what innocent people do. 
If you have nothing to uh, hide, why are you why are you hiding? What are you hiding from, huh? Yeah, got it. I mean, yeah. you're right, and he was. It, and, it, and you know, and the thing is, I have to give the Democrats credit on this, even though there are people out there who are saying that basically what the Democrats did was rally the base for the Republicans. But uh, but I do give them credit because they both they all hammered on that same topic. Hey, if you feel this way, why not ask for an investigation, an FBI investigation? And you know, he he did he did not he did not want to uh, to do that, and uh, that was interesting. Uh, and why, Johnny, why, do your thoughts on this whole thing? Why is Trump? Why is ahead, Trump limiting to, limiting the investigation? Why? Because they know it's well, stuff. He said he's there. not. He's he saying is. that it's not, but I, I think the reason why they want to limit it is because they know that you know if they start investigating this in full detail, they're going to probably come back and ask for more time because they're going to, have to chase down these leads or so thorough What's investigation. The, so what? Give them more time. Hell, they they stopped the nomination. Uh, go, uh, well, they know. For you know why year. they're doing that. Come on. For, for Mayor Garland, you know why they're doing that. They're doing it because they know that they their numbers are telling them that they're going to lose the House. And if they lose the House, it's going to be very, very hard for them to get a nominee pushed through. You know why they're doing it. And everyone on the panel seems to think that the Senate is in play. And if they lose, lose both the House and the Senate, there's no way on God's green earth that, they're, that Trump is going to get anything passed. And they're going to begin you know, impeachment proceedings immediately. There's a lot at stake for these fools. They know that. J- Johnny D., give me your thoughts on this whole thing, man. Your thoughts on, this, uh, on the hearings and, uh, and uh, you know, that you believe uh, – uh, Dr. Ford to be credible, and what do you think is going to happen next in this whole saga? It, the the hearings played out exactly as I thought they would. Um, to be quite honest, I did not think that uh, Mr. Kavanaugh would be as demonstrative as he was in regards to his wow. his politics, yep. uh, his partisan politics. I, and to me, the, the the abomination of the entire process is depicted in his actions. Uh, clearly, when you look at those individuals uh, on the Supreme Court who are supposed to uphold constitutional law and be unbiased by it, uh, he started off with, with just being biased, uh, slandering a specific party. Uh, again, his actions alone, regardless if the allegations are true in his eyes, and again, I think what sometimes we forget is it really boils down to the eye of the beholder. If Dr. Ford felt like this was a violation of her person, then it was to her. So he can defend himself all he chooses to do so. And this FBI investigation, I think, will will allow us to understand just the hypocrisy of our current um, person in, in office, uh, the Trump regime, because it will be no more than, than, than shenanigans in a show. And then the Senate, who is already – made up their mind on how this is going to play itself out, will go ahead and confirm and then be able to step back and say, okay, we allowed the FBI investigation. So the Democrats, I, I appreciate the fact that they held the line. However, this is just simply a, a, a forest um, and a delay in a process and a procedure that's probably going to play itself out in regards to his confirmation. But, but his actions was, was, was so um, despicable to be quite honest with you, that um, it, it was disturbing. It really was, because this is not a man who is going to be able to be unbiased in regards yep. to his thought process and, and all the things that, that, that you read about in regards to how he has voted and, and, and ruled in the past. It is going to be amped up. Um, 
Judge Roberts will, will, will have no ability to control this guy because he has clearly made himself the marquee figure on, on his pending nomination of the Supreme Court. So even though Judge Roberts will be the chief justice, who probably didn't turn out as bad as people thought he would be, uh, this guy will, will certainly be the grandstand of them all. He's already depicted his radical views. He's already depicted the fact that he is partisan, and it's going to be a time and an era in American history where Donald Trump will be able to set back the laws of the land uh, some 40 or 50 years. Sad day. Sad day in America. You're right about that because, you know, you notice during the, uh, you know, any time during the State of the Union address, Steve, you know, when you see this whole thing where the Democrats stand and clap and the Republicans stand and clap, you never, there are two groups that don't react, the military and the Supreme uh, Court uh, 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 justices. And this guy came out, you know, he talked about the Clinton machine and he talked, I mean, it was so it was so partisan, it was ridiculous. And so he doesn't have the temperament Sad. as far as I I can see that no. this guy could be a Supreme Court justice. It was ridiculous what we saw. But you know what? A lot of Republicans are saying that's what we wanted to see. We saw the fight in this guy. That's exactly what we wanted. Uh, that's who we want sitting on the Supreme Court. And uh, it, it's uh, it's amazing when you see this, Steve. So you're, you're, what say you in regards to what played out this week in front of the American people? And it played out. In front of everyone, they showed, you know, pictures of every, you know, TV on planes were tuned in, and every, you know, it was carried live by all the major, all three major networks. It had America's attention. What say you in regards to what happened this past week, Steve? Yeah, it was definitely unprecedented. I never, never thought a confirmation hearing would be that popular. You know, this. Very intriguing, and uh, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't look good for him. It definitely doesn't look good for him. And Lord knows what type of uh, Supreme Court rulings he'll he'll try to affect. But uh, yeah, it it doesn't look good for him. Um, it, it, to me, that's just a failure. It's just it's just gonna fall flat on their face. You know, just for something as simple as a confirmation hearing to be that popular. Yeah, that. And then the polygraph test, I heard that uh, they gave her a polygraph test and she passed it. Uh, so, you know, uh, yeah. and describing in that much detail of what happened in the 80s, I have no doubt that's probably, that's what happened. I have no doubt. Especially back in the 80s, you know, we still had that hyper-masculine culture. I, I have no doubt that's, that's what happened. And, and, and so it's not good. It's not a good look. By any stretch of the imagination, it's a bad look. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two twenty seven minutes after the hour, you're listening to the serious side of the Jay Ross Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. So now we talked about, you know, everybody's opinion on, you know, what we saw, and you know, you know, let's talk about the fact that. Um, oh, Jay Vanessa, Vanessa you know, wanted to make a comment. Oh, did she? Oh, sorry, I didn't know Vanessa was live. Hey, Vanessa, what's going on? Make your comments. I'm sorry, sweetie. I didn't see you. I, I'm, I'm sorry, but I just couldn't let it pass. I watched this from the beginning to the end and then went back and looked at everybody else's channels later that night. And let me just make a couple of cues on what y'all said. One is I was surprised that I know Donald Trump, uh, put some or some ground rules on the FBI, but I thought that part of the ground rules he was not going to be able to talk to that last lady. 
And from what I'm getting across my telephone, he is going to be talking to that uh, Ramirez or whoever that last lady was. The next thing is Mark Judge, whatever his name is, the one who wrote the book and called Kavanaugh Savanaugh, um, he has already said that he will be talking to the FBI. Now, let me say this to y'all. Uh, what he says to senators or his lawyer writes in a letter is nothing like when the FBI talks to him and he lies. If he lies to them, he's going to be in trouble. So he's fixing to talk to them. He's already said it. They're already going to talk to that other lady. Now, as much as I cannot stand Kavanaugh and grit my teeth when I say his name, if they have an opportunity to go back and get the information that Ford said she wanted, one thing she said she wanted was the dates that that boy worked at Safeway, because then that will give her the dates of the party. The next thing is he kept on saying, look at my calendar. Look at my calendar. I was with Pee Wee, Pee Wee, Squeaky, and Mickey, and all the other people. <laughs> okay, well, those were the exact same people that she named that he was with the day of the party. So he busted himself, and they're going to go back and get that. Because he the one, he, the Democrat guy, the, light, the light-skinned black guy is the one who, um, is the one who said um, that Corey I was Booker. on the calendar. Cory Booker. So, um, you know what? I think some of the stuff is going to come out, y'all. I don't think that it's going to I think it's going to be just enough that he perjured himself. It's going to be just enough to show that that lady was not lying, and he's going to get in trouble. I don't, you know, he might get on the Supreme Court. He might, but guess what? He already has a reputation by being across party lines when he kept on saying the Clintons, the Clintons, the Clintons. Um, so, you know what? I mean, he's going to have a bad rep. Don't don't even think that he's going to get away with that. He's not. I wonder. I would love to know what the Supreme head Supreme Court justice thinks about a man who was screaming and hollering at people. Who he asked the lady said, oh, "Do you like beer? Do you drink a lot of beer?" And he said, "Well, do you drink a lot of beer?" I mean, how are you going to come back and holler at that lady? Yes, he apologized because I'm sure some of those Republicans said, "Stop." Are you crazy? Really? They crazy? said, are you crazy? Really? Stop. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure they got on him about um, screaming at that lady. But, y'all, it's not going to go down. I think I think that Clinton is going to be, I mean, not Clinton, I think that Trump is going to be uh, moving away from Kavanaugh. I do. I don't. I, think I don't know about that. Of it. Nope. I don't. You know. You know why I don't think it's going to happen because he he believes that Trump cannot be touched as a sitting president. He believes that. They're gonna get him. Let me tell you. They're gonna let let him go. He said the other day. You know, I'm gonna let the. I'm gonna let it play out. I'm gonna let this and this and this. So sex offender in chief. Just because he's getting away with it, everybody in his party, everybody around him, they're not getting away with it. They're getting in trouble. Trump is going to ever get away with it, but the rest he of us are in trouble. He said it, but but uh, and, and in the same token, the White House is the uh, is the part uh, is the the uh, the the what am I looking for? It, uh, they're the defendants, so. They're, they're the ones that's calling uh, yeah. for the investigation so they can say, this is how much I want you to do and this is how much I don't want you to do. And they've already you know set what, out You're absolutely say that. right, because you said that they hid thousands of pages. No, yep. they hid almost a million pages in his background <laughs> check, and then when the yes. Republican Democrats asked for it, he said, 
that the, his lawyer said it was confidential information, that it was client privilege. No, Trump mm-hmm. knows this man has done this stuff. That's why he did not want his background stuff to come out. Trump knew he did it. Did y'all see his wife's expression? His wife's expression was looking like, please, we all know you lying. I mean, you can look at her face of disgust for her own husband. Uh, she didn't have she didn't have no look on her face of pity. She didn't have no everybody was posting it on Facebook. She did not have a look yeah. of pity on her face. She had a look like yeah. she was pissed off. Well, it was you know, good. look, it was good, I, y'all. I, 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 I praise well, well, all I can say, all I can say about it is, is that you know we've, it's, which is amazing to me, we've already had, we've already been talking about this for the past twenty minutes, and we didn't, the, the name Jeff Flake hasn't come up once, and I thought that, uh, you know, Jeff Flake, he was awesome, uh, him. Well, you know, listen, he was awesome, but he also voted for it to move to, to committee. But let me say this, though, because I think that, that Jeff smart, Flake does bro. have a conscience. Okay. And the bottom line is, I think the one thing that makes, because, you know, everything leading up to the vote, he was all in. He had never talked about any type of uh, FBI investigation. Then he was confronted by two yes. protesters in the elevator. And what, let's the listen elevator. to what, I'm, I'm going to play the whole thing, and I'm going to play the whole thing in its entirety because I think it's important for people to hear it. You've only hear bits of, you've only heard bits and pieces of it on the news. I'm going to play the whole thing in its entirety, and we're going to talk talk on the other side. This is Jeff Flake being confronted by two protesters, uh, victims of sexual assault, and we'll talk on the other side. Online radio at its best. In front of your office with Ann Barton. I brought a story of my sexual assault. I told them because I recognize in Dr. Ford's story that she's telling the truth. What you are doing is allowing someone who actually violated a woman to sit in the Supreme Court. This is not tolerable. You have children in your family. Think about them. I have two children. I cannot imagine that for the next 50 years, Unwilling to take responsibility for his own actions and willing to hold the harm that he has done to one woman, actually three women, and 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 repair it. You are allowing someone who is unwilling to take responsibility for his own actions. 
repairing the harm that has been done in this country to many people. No, no, thank you. What do you think? You have a problem with the truth. No, I want to talk to him. Don't have to respond. What do you think? I understand, but tell me I'm standing right here in front of you. What do you have? Do you think that he's telling the truth? Do, no. Do you think that he's telling the truth to the country? You have power, but so many women are powerless. Can you not give them an answer, Senator? You just released a press statement. You don't have the courage to give them an answer? Thank you. 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 How can you be speechless? We demand to know what you're thinking. Do you stand with women? Do you stand with this nation who deserves due process? Senator, do you want to respond to their Senator, do you want to respond to their No, I need to go to the hearing. I just issued a statement. You can send an email. You can't give an answer? No, I, We're asking you for an answer. We've got a lot of questions here. Do these women not deserve an answer? You've heard a lot of the same questions. Next question, do you have a big family that can go down? Wait for an FBI investigation. Everyone deserves an answer? Thank you for your advice. We believe in you. Be our hero. Do what is right. Do what is right. Online radio at its best. You know, it was powerful uh, to listen to those ladies uh Get the guy in the elevator. Now, here's the thing I'm going to say about Jeff Flake, because you can sit here and say, you know, well, Jeff Flake is not a hero and Jeff Flake is not this, he's not that. You know, go back to the day prior when Lindsey Graham went completely, made a complete fool out of himself uh, in front of the hearing. Uh, and they caught Lindsey Graham walking, you know, you know, in the in the Senate chamber, well, you know, the, the, the hallways that, you know, the reporters take out the hallways and where the senators go back and forth to committee uh, committee rooms and offices and they and they called him and they had a conversation with him right at the end of one of those impromptu interviews. He walked away and a lady confronted him. I'm not sure people I'm not sure if people remember this scene. Yeah. It's not getting a lot of press play. But the mm-hmm. lady said, I'm a I'm a you know, you remember this, Mr. Elliott. She said, I'm a uh, survivor cops. of sexual he said, Call the cops. Mm-hmm. He said, Call, Call the, cops. the cops and kept walking. Mm-hmm. And kept walking. What an indignant thing to say. I mean, once again, you can sit here, I always say this on this show, hey, oh, you have to be careful. When you start saying these things about Republicans, because Johnny D, you know, they if if the, if, if if it walks like a duck, it quack like a duck. It's a freaking duck. So yeah, they may do something every blue moon, but at the end of the day, they're still Republicans. And so what what Lindsey Graham did, that just ridiculous, just outburst, was just it made him look stupid. Because they're talking about we've been delaying this thing for 81 days. Are you serious? I delayed even, a year. You know, a year for President Obama. Get, President Obama had a year left in office. Yep. And these guys played politics 
And then they can stand in front of the cameras with those stupid faces on, those stupid faces that they have, and make these comments. I'm like, my God, may God have mercy on your souls, because you guys are a sack of lying dog doo-doo. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. <laughs> it is, man. I, I don't, man, <laughs> Jeff Flake, I don't, man, look, dude, I, I want, the only reason I think he is, um, uh, he, he, put the investigation in place, I, I'm serious, it's because those women approached him. Otherwise, I think he'd have pushed that's it right okay. on through and would never, well, would never had nothing okay, to say. Though. You know what? That's okay. And it's okay because what he's what, what it shows me, Mr. Elias, is the fact that, you know what? He has a heart. He realized that, wait a minute, you know, something is really wrong with it. Down, if he had a heart, he'd have voted what, it Mr. down. Elias, well, hold up now, but he, he hasn't voted no, to kill no. this guy. All he did was voted. He voted to move him from committee. He hasn't voted to to to, to put this guy on the Supreme Court. Him, Collins, McCann. I wouldn't even move to have. do that. I would have never well, moved you know, to listen, do that. That's, well, that's because you're independent slash Democrat. Johnny D, may your thoughts on Jeff Flake. I'm a little less convinced of of his honor. In regards to his actions, uh, and, 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 and let's go back some. Um, I think Jeff Flake, once he determined that he was no longer going to run, understood that he was lame duck. So um, now he is probably the only person who has the the desire to contest the Trump regime. Uh, you remember eight months ago or so, uh, Lindsey Graham, you could add Lindsey Graham to that list, and as John McCain's health started to declined, he understood that he was going to be the only one, and he now falls in line with the Trump regime, and I think him that's a, that's that a good point. That is a dang on good reaction. point. Now, now, you think about Jeff Flick and, and basically what he is doing. He's, he's not going to anger the party that much. This guy's a career politician. He's been in some form of politics since the 80s, uh, way back when he was going to Africa and, and doing some work over there. So, I, I think what he may be very well trying to do is set himself up for the afterlife. Uh, imagine the paydays that Jeff Flake is going to get from Democrats and Republicans as long as he does not anger them too much. And trust me, he is going to vote to confirm uh, Kavanaugh. What he has mm-hmm. done, as you said, Jay, he just he, what he's done is delayed and paused it. Now all of a sudden he's getting all of these attaboys and kudos. I just don't think that a career politician who has a deplorable record, okay, mind you, up until the Trump regime started to to be so drastic that he felt like he could have some talking points, but he knows that he's on his way out. So again, I think that he is less honorable than what others do. Um, only time will tell. But I do believe that after his tenure and office is over with and he, and he starts on the circuit and he starts going to these different colleges and speaking and all of these groups and speaking and on every newscast speaking, uh, he is going to profit himself uh, pretty considerably. And I think that's cause, that, that, that's cause and effect. Again, he's got, a, he's got a story to tell. For the last year, he can be the one to say that he's the person who, who defied Donald Trump. And his books will sell tremendously. So I, I, I don't think that it's as honorable as it was. With all of the aid that surround these senators, Jeff Flake could have stopped that, that question and answer any time he chose to do so. He allowed it to play itself out. Would you agree? 
Look, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. I have nothing. Yeah, I, you yeah, know, you, yeah. you brought I mean, some, he, some valid he, points. He allowed himself to let, to let that play out. He allowed himself to, 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 to put the victim face on because at any point in time, Jeff Flake could have closed the elevator and done just like Lindsey Graham. So, I, again, I, I'm not believing that his actions is as honorable as they're being made out. But the one thing that I will say is over the last year, he has been one who has defied the, the unrational Trump regime. So for that, I applaud him. I just don't think that he is overly sincere with his actions. I, I think what he is looking for and looking towards is the afterlife. How can he profit himself? How can he still stay on center stage? And how can he benefit his quality of life? Hmm. Uh, Steve, do you think that uh, Jeff Flake will run for uh, president in 2020? Do you think he's going to challenge Trump? Uh, well, I kind of, I kind of doubt that. You know, I, I, he'll walk the party line. Um, Trump's a populist. He's not a Republican. On some issues, he can lean to the left. So you, people, he's a very interesting character to run against. You have to be very careful when running against him because he's not a traditional Republican where we can stick him on policy. He's a populist. And was a Democrat for decades. You got to be careful when you run against him. You got to really narrate it real good. But um, basically, I don't understand. What I don't understand is why men are interested in women that are not interested in them. We got to, and then they're working on technologies with the brain and the computer. So you might be able to lie about it now. In the future, they may be able to search your memory. So things don't don't think things are going to change. Don't think the forensic technology is going to be the same in the future. Don't don't make any assumptions because they're making breakthroughs on uh, connecting the brain with the computer. Don't yeah, don't 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 make hey, any assumptions. Hey, I'm not going to show. Yeah. Interesting. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You know, uh, <laughs> all I can say is is that for me, this whole the whole the way the whole thing played out. In front of a national audience, uh, you know, there, it looks like there's going to be a 60-minute interview with Jeff Flake and uh, the uh, the senator from Delaware, Coons. Uh, looks like uh, these two are two bosom buddies, or whatever the case may be. And so uh, they're going to. Uh, I can't wait to to watch that interview tonight because I definitely want to hear what Jeff Flake has to say. Jeff Flake is one of those Republicans, Mr. Elias, that uh, President Obama actually reached out to. During the uh, Obamacare situation, uh, so so he, you know, President Obama looks at Jeff Flake as one of those guys that's a Republican, but he's not one of these guys that, you know, and it goes back to what we talked about before. Look, if you're a Republican and you know you feel a certain way about politics, that's your right. I mean, if you feel that what you're representing is right, then so you know, then, then you know, do your thing. You know, and like President Obama said on numerous occasions, that America needs to have two healthy political parties. I mean, it's just the way there has to be a checks and balances. Everything just can't go Democratic. Everything just can't go Republican. So I look at Jeff Flake. He falls. He's like a re- Republican moderate per se. Uh, I don't look at him as you know like Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham is you know I've lost so much respect for him, and he was a friend of uh, John McCain's. Man, this guy, you know, he 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 lo- he lo- he loves Joe Biden. He loves Joe Biden, and, and and I mean, and so 
you know, he even said that during the committee uh, at one point when they came back and he talked about Joe Biden. You know, if if you have to have one last conversation with somebody before you die, it needs to be Joe Biden. So I just don't understand how he can stand there with a straight face and make a complete idiot out of himself talking about this is the most disgraceful thing he's ever seen in his life. And to me, not allowing a president to execute his duties as the commander-in-chief to a point you know, a clerk to appoint a judge to sit here and say that that's not the most despicable thing you ever you ever seen in politics. That's why these guys, and I want to get everyone's opinion on this before we step out, before we get to chat about it. Right. Well, I, I, I want to get everyone's witness. Oh, I didn't know Jerome was in the house. Uh, going up. Mm-hmm. Good morning, Jerome. How you doing? Hey, good. I was just listening. So you can go. You can carry oh. on. I was just. Oh, okay. All right, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know, Mister Mister, the smartest man in the world is in the house. Wow. All right. So, well, before we go any further, I mean, further, you can ask uh, questions if you want. So I'm not saying that you have to. I was just chilling, listening to the show. No, no. Well, well, let me well, let me get your opinion on it, and then we're gonna we're gonna step out here. But then I think what we could do, and you know, and at the top of the hour, we can actually do uh, a uh, on a need to know basis in overtime, if that's okay with you. We we didn't I didn't know. I thought maybe you got tied up. You weren't gonna be able to make it. So let, let me get your thoughts on that, that whole thing that played out this week. Uh, you know, I'm curious to hear what you have to say about it. Well, um, okay. Well, generally, I guess I'll start backwards because the, the last thing you talked about was Jeff Flake. Um, it, it, yeah. It in reports on Jeff Flake that he's um, looking at running for president. So that's not that's okay. not nothing new. And he actually, you know, he is kind of moderate, but he's crazy like the rest of them. You know, I think they just passed a – well, you know what? We have to still be honest about, like, uh, yeah, just true. from a perspective of when, when somebody – if somebody is does bad things 99% of the time, you don't pat them on the back for doing something nice once. Right. Because right. we have a society that you can be nice 99% of the time and do something bad once, and people run that for the rest of your life. It's weird. That people are like, well, he must be the conscious. Of, he he feels pressure. Pressure is a little bit different when you're in politics. He feels pressure of everybody else. So they appeal to him based upon his 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 relationships. You know, like the the mm-hmm. other senator who's his friend, who's a Democrat. You know, when they found out when Jeff Flake in the morning said something about you know he was going to vote for this, he said, "Oh f." Right. And you know, like yeah, his. Was this my boy? So his emotions is not tied up into none of us, or what's the wellness of the country. It has to do something with his peers. Those, those are some dangerous ass people when it comes down to it, because you can only appeal to their common sense if you can prove that it ties to them directly. Else, they're going to cut um, Social Security, let that old people, you know, waste their retirement as they put their own money in Social Security. They go spend that money someplace else, saying. The government is getting vote for Social Security. You know what I mean? They they change arguments for their own benefit, and then they turn around and act like they have. Um, we act like they're back. They ain't never come right. back. They're still on the on the edge of wicked. So when you stay there, you don't get to have. Hey, that person gave me an apple. Yeah, it had a raisin in it. Uh, it had a razor in it, but I can eat around that. You don't do stuff like that. <laughs> really. So. 
so giving that dude praise is the last thing you want to do. But the whole Kavanaugh stuff, he showed his privilege when he started spazzing out at his job interview. It's a job interview for the Supreme Court. He's yep. Do, do you do you black out? Imagine if you did that on your job when you get an interview for a job. You're going to McDonald's and they say, hey, you know what? You have something on your record said that you stole something when you were 16. Well, that was an effing long time ago. I'm living. <laughs> you, you can't do that your job interview. So nope. you have to yeah. look at this from that perspective because that dude is losing his mind and his temperament is bad. But like most white folks in the country, they look past that. And most black folks who are actually, you know, paying attention to politics, they defer that to political posturing. What they need to, what you need to do, is you need to use common sense in this and figure out what wellness looks like. Because their temperaments are bad, and that's the part of society that needs to change anyway. That's what's getting, you know, black people shot in the streets because that sense of, of privilege says that there's no repercussion for my actions. If it was two years ago, he'd been like, well, that was a long time ago. If it was ten minutes ago, they'd be like, we need to move on, right? We need to confirm him in a hurry. Oh, well, a couple years ago, y'all held up Obama's, yeah, 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 but we did that, but now we need to, we, what's the urgency? We can't keep having playing head games with people. So we as a society kind of need to tell the truth, well, not as a society. I know on this show, we, from my perspective, you're always going to get a perspective of, the path of least resistance, and and that is cutting out all of this bull. Forget them as as, as politics. Yes, sir. Brother Jerome, I uh, need uh, over two hundred suspects. They had to do something unprecedented and unsealed documentation on Bill Cosby. Uh, brother, do you agree with me that he was re- they, the society was reaching high on that situation? Right. So so even if you compare this in a in a process. And you don't understand that the former prosecutor who prosecuted Cosby said, if we prosecute Cosby, we're going to have to prosecute them from extortion because they were setting Cosby up. Cosby didn't rape her. So it's interesting that people are like, oh, he's a rapist. I don't care what you think about anything in the past. I'm talking about this case that he got convicted for. So the former prosecutor who testified about them extorting money from Cosby and, and the role that those other folks played in this, the, Camille Cosby tried to get the judge to recuse himself because the judge in this case don't like the former prosecutor because they were going up for prosecutor at the same time. That guy won, and then he started dating some woman in the judge's office. So that judge has a bias even against the former prosecutor that was prosecuting Cosby because that dude is testifying that we don't really even have a case. And he's like, F you. I'm sending Cosby up the river. That is one man. That's what Kavanaugh is. That man has a bias. He told you what his bias is. And no matter what his ruling is, it is coming from a place of emotion. So Cosby's conviction is not a conviction on that woman. That Cosby conviction is a conviction on how they see Cosby in the eyes of everybody else. Right? I'm no defender of Bill Cosby. If you take one other person and convict his ass, I would be fine. Sorry for cursing. But I am telling you, in this case, it's more of a case of... You're, you're talking about a judge in the temperament of a judge. In the Cosby case, the temperament of the judge did not like the prosecutor, does not like Cosby. Cosby's going up the river for it. That's yeah, you know, the thing is, you're right. Temperament, 
temperament is important. You are absolutely correct about that. All right, listen. Okay, we're going to change it up a little bit because we have a live, a live broadcast still going on. We appreciate you guys listening in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. We know we're going to drop you guys. We're going to lose you guys here in the next four minutes. We're going to step out, take a break, give you a real quick NPR news up break. We have a caller in the queue we want to hear from, and then Jerome, if. You're ready. We want to do a, a chatterbox and, and on a need-to-know basis until the bottom of the next hour. So, hey, you get an extended play this morning if you can hang around. Uh, and if you are uh, if you are listening live and you want to listen to the show, continue to listen live, you can call in at 347-850-1272. If you're listening like most of you listen, then this is nothing new. You'll just have your earbuds in for an additional 30 minutes. <laughs> How about that? All right, so tell you what. So I'll take a real quick break. Uh, have a call on the other side, an African-American who actually supports Trump. We'll have that conversation with Macedonian. And then it's time for an NPR news update right now. We'll be right back. Macedonians are deciding today whether to accept a deal that ends a decades-long dispute with Greece. They're voting in a referendum on whether to change their country's name to North Macedonia. Greece has long blocked Macedonia's efforts to join NATO and the European Union over the issue. Greece has its own province named Macedonia and says its neighbor's use of the name represents a claim on its territory. Polls also open in the Kurdistan region of Iraq today, where voters are electing a new regional parliament. NPR's Jane Araf has more from the Kurdish city of Salamania. These are the first provincial elections in the Kurdistan region after a difficult five years. Kurdish forces fought ISIS. The Kurds held a referendum supporting independence from Iraq, and they lost territory when the Iraqi government sent in troops. Relations with the Iraqi government are still difficult, and there are other problems, including an economic crisis which left civil servants unpaid for months. The two main parties that have controlled the Kurdistan region for decades are expected to get the most votes, but there are also smaller opposition parties and religious parties. One of the big worries in this election is fraud, and the possibility that voters have so little faith in the elections that a lot of them won't bother voting. Jane Araf, NPR News, Sulaymaniyah, in the Kurdistan region of Iraq. To Japan now, where a powerful typhoon is bearing down on the country. There are power outages. Officials have suspended airline and train services. And the storm has forced evacuations from areas that are still recovering from a typhoon that hit last month. I'm Giles Snyder. This is NPR News from Washington. Chatterbox, and we're less than a minute away from our live audience leaving us. So we appreciate you listening in. And remember, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side. And we'll see you next week. For those of you all who are going to continue to hang with us, right now is the time to call in 347-850-1272. You can hear the rest of the show live if you're listening through Memorex. No worries. Sit back and relax. And it's time for Chatterbox. And Mr. Elias, do you have access to the to the uh, chat room? If not, I have plenty to read. Yes, I do. Corvina Man says. The center may end up a 50-50 split as the Dems may lose a seat in Florida, but Dems uh, may pick up a seat in Arizona and Nevada. 2020, we need to ask if Camilla Harris will appeal to the black uh, black people in the South with her white husband. Whoa. <laughs> Kavita, man, boy, he finds a way to throw that in there. Huh, that's interesting. Wow. Uh, that's that's good. All right. So let me... <laughs> Kavita, man. 
I, I, I love him to death. And if you guys have been listening to this show for a long time, y'all know our history with Kavina. Kavina is the number one listener of the serious side. There's no doubt about it. That's a title Basilius that he holds. He is the undisputed champ. When it comes to listening to serious side, he has been here since day one, and God bless. We used to throw him out the chat room, you know that, right? Because <laughs> he get in there and bring that, uh, bring in his uh, flavor, flavor, public enemy stances. Flavor, <laughs> calm down, man. So, uh, but anyway, he is. Uh, we love him to death. All right, let me read some comments. Uh, let me stroll up here, pull him down. Should have had this ready already. All right, uh, Pastor Jones, Richmond, Texas. I am torn on the Bill Cosby segment. I believe all victims of sexual crime should be heard and have a voice. But, Jay, you are right. The law is the law. Very conflicted on this. And what he's referring to, I talked about if a person has a settlement in place, then, you know, if you're going to break that settlement, which, in my opinion, is just not the right thing to do. But if you're going to do it, then give the money back. Uh, Chedrick, Corpus. Texas, uh, good to hear Steve's voice again. I have one thing to say about this whole Kavanaugh thing. No one is above the law, but we as a society have to be careful with this rush to judgment. Women lie too, and to prove my point, I will give you one name, Emmett Till. Huh. Don't go there. I'm going to talk about it. It's not even terrible. Yeah. I hate when people do that. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's interesting. <laughs> It's interesting that got, well we don't know if he's black but but uh I don't give a damn but, uh, that's really got Brock Turner wow, out that's, there raping unconscious women but you're gonna bring up Emmett Till racist Emmett people Till. No, I think what he, no no what I think he's saying well well we'll, we'll talk about it because we're gonna be in all time here in a second no yeah, don't bring wanna, up yeah we I'm going to talk about that one for a second. All right, let, let me keep reading. Tim from Atlanta uh, says, Great topics. Bill Cosby should burn in hell for what he did to those women. He used his power, wealth, and uh, uses power, wealth to manipulate to manipulate these women. Shame on him. Teresa. Uh, here's JC from Orlando. It is so good to hear from the resident texter, Johnny D. I hope that this is the beginning of hearing from him on a week-to-week basis. We need to hear from more strong, educated black men. And John fits that bill. Well done, sir. Oh, there you go, John. Johnny D. Someone has something nice to say about you there. All right. Uh, before we get into uh, talking points, since we're in overtime, and Jerome, we're going to give you as much time as you need. We have a caller that wants to call in and, and have some comments about uh, today's topics. Let's bring him in. This Poniki, I hope I'm saying that correctly, from St. Louis. He's called in before, I think. Good morning, sir. How are you? Floor is all yours. Yeah, How are you doing? The name is uh, Pianchi, and I know convenient. Pianchi, man, I've been okay, I got it had wrong. Been talking, I have been talking to him for quite some time, but you know, I really do appreciate your platform because it seems like you like to listen to both sides of the coin, and you're also African American, which makes a difference. And yes, I am a Trump supporter. I drove, voted for Trump because of his issues. All those other things I don't care. But uh, this thing with Kavanaugh, you guys hit it right on the nail. I'm looking for a constitutional judge, and this idea of going back into this man's team, well, let's put back the felon box on the job application like somebody earlier mentioned. And you're absolutely right. You know, me as an African-American male, uh, I have had no of history of white women lying that have got men lynched and hung, you know, for an awful long time. And to follow up on all this, how this judge is going to act in the future, nobody really knows. Because Franklin Delano Roosevelt, 
appointed, I shall say, nominated a U.S. senator by the name of Hugo Black to become uh, Supreme Court Justice, which he was nominated, which he was appointed in 1937. But when you <laughs> But they brought out that back in the, in, the, in the 20s, he was a member of the Ku Klux Klan, and he admitted to being a member of the Ku Klux Klan. But fast forward, he was one of the most pro-civil rights justices that ever sat on the bench. He voted in the majority for Brown versus the Board of Education. He openly attests, I should say, uh, openly contested segregation and the things that would deny U.S. citizens their civil rights. So I just want to put that in. I'm going to try to get on earlier next time. I've got to run now. Absolutely. You guys keep up the good work. Hey, man, appreciate your comments. Thank you for checking in. I know he listens a lot. Before we get into uh, on a need-to-know basis, uh, he brought up a good point, and I'll tell a real quick story about when I was in the military. Uh, I, it was a situation that happened between me and this white NCO, and uh, it was it was not good at all. And so we had to go see this SAR major, and uh, and I thought it was interesting because when I went into his office, uh, I kind of heard about him, you know, and I uh, heard that he wasn't, uh, you know, he was a redneck and, you know, all these different things. And so I go into his office, I get to parade rest, and uh, and so he, he says, uh, you know, he, say, he, he says, you know, Sergeant, he said, uh, he said, what have you heard about me? And I'm thinking, okay, where are we going with this conversation? Because I thought I was in here with this situation that was going on between me and Sergeant P. And, and you know, that's what Sergeant Major, I, you know, I heard some not-so-flattering things about you that uh, people are telling me that, uh, you, you know, that at the end of the day, that this is going to be, you're going to rule for the white soldier. And uh, and he said to me, he said to me, he says, you know what, and this is what he said, and it shocked the heck out of me. And I may have told this story, I know I've told this story on this network, maybe not on this show. He said to me, that uh, we were in uniform in his office. He said to me, he says, you know what? He said, I don't like black people. And, I, I, you know, I'm sitting there saying, okay, this is not going well at all, you know. And, and he said that uh, as far as I'm, he said, as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, that uh, we should not mix races. I mean, he went down this whole spat. But then he came back and says, but you know what? He said, you see what's on my collar, Sergeant. And I said, yeah, you command Sergeant Major. Uh, you know, uh, 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 insignia, and, and he said, he says, you know, the thing is, he said, I don't put anything above the law. I don't put anything before the U.S. military. He says, I'm going to vote. He says, I'm going to rule in your favor because the facts bear out that you are telling the truth. He said, I don't let my personal opinions affect the way I do my job. And, and, I, and I was shocked by that when he said it to me. Now I probably should have reported this guy. I was just, I was stunned that he you said that. To be honest with you, you should I, have I should have. You but, 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 but Mr. Elias, I was shocked. He, I, listen, oh, and, and look, I was twenty, twenty-five, twenty-six. Listen, I was shocked when he came at me with that. But his, I guess his point was, is that no man is above the law, and that if I'm in a position of authority where I have to render decisions, I am going to use my best judgment, my personal feelings, and I think that's what we've been saying about this this judge, that, you know, my personal feelings uh, play second fiddle because I, I wear the so, uniform so of the you, United what States you, Army. What do you think he's going to say when, when when they say Donald Trump, when, 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 uh, uh, when, when uh, they find Donald Trump guilty, 
of the Russia pro. What do you think he's going to say? No, 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 no. Listen, I, listen <laughs> I'm on your team when it comes to that. I, I think that this guy, oh, you know, like everyone on, has said dude. this morning, and, you know, and I don't want to, and, you know, because we're in overtime, I want to give Jerome, because I, I want to respect no, 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 you. No, 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 you're good. I want to get going. Oh, you're good. But, 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 uh, but, but, you know, listen, I think that's what we all are saying. We're saying that this guy is unfit because of his rant, you know, saying that this, the Clinton machine, I mean, come yeah. on. This guy is partisan, and he showed his true colors uh, in that moment. When you, you know, you got under his skin and you rattled him. He's feeling the pressure. His wife is probably talking crazy to him. You know, yeah, you can tell the story about your kids praying and all this other stuff, but you can tell this guy is under enormous pressure. And you know what they say, that, you know, when the chips are down, you find out what a person is all about. You saw his true colors, you know, during that, during his second appearance. You saw him. You, you know, do you like beer? I'm interested. Do you like beer? I mean, what, what, what was that? I mean, I mean, oh my God! Let that. I mean, are you serious? I want to know what your habits are. Do you get? Do you drink till you pass out? I mean, man, it was just. He should have been. They don't need to do. In my opinion, they don't need to do an investigation. His performance alone should been a should have been a disqualification. Should have been a disqualification of, of, of that man for that office. It's ridiculous. Go ahead, Joe. This is your time. Go ahead. I want to give it to you. No, no, no. To I you. I wanted to um, you know. I wanted to talk about the uh, just really quickly. Um, don't want to pick apart what your um, what the caller said, but I just want to say this. Even in him mentioning um, Justice um, Black at that point, that he yeah. he um, changed how he ruled on the bench, even though he was in the Klan. We have to, and I know he, I know he's Republican too, so I, I'm going to have a little empathy for this. So. What we have to stop doing is we have to stop justifying the fact that you can be redeemable as white folks, but Cosby doing something 30-something years ago is not redeemable, right? So it's like we need to just throw him up under there, blah, blah, blah. But this guy, yeah, he was young, he messed up or whatever. That guy was in the Klan, but then he turned out to be great people. Like we do this to black people all the time. It sends a mixed signal to people who are young, so they're going to be confused as we are when they become adults. We need to be really clear about this. We got to stop having double standards for white folks and black folks when you are talking about being fair. Now, I don't ever talk about being fair. I think that we need to correct behavior, but I don't ever, you'll never hear me talk about like just making this false equivalent to white folks because we have a sense of always feeling like, yeah, they did this. But we need to be beyond that. We need to be better than them. Well, hell, we're still here because of that, right? Nothing else beat us down. You know, Jim Crow slavery, that did not beat us down. We're still existing and thriving with all of those pressures against us, but we're still begging somebody else to treat us like equals. We need to stop asking them. So I'm never going to say equally, since they get to do this, we get to do this. But I need to kind of insist on us not making false equivalents to say that they're still good white people even though they're bad white people. We're going to need to stop doing that because there, there's nothing redeemable about this. So if Kavanaugh uh, was a blackout drunk and they say he graduated, well, Trump can't even run two sentences together, and they say he graduated too. So nobody believes that dude is educated. 
I don't care what kind of diplomas he has on, on the wall. But we'll mock Mike Tyson and, and, and talk noise about him, but we know he doesn't have an education. He's better than Trump. So we gotta we gotta really stop the false comparison of, of folks and stop saying, you know, I had a racist piano teacher. I tell you this story. I think I told it before, right? That racist old man was tenured at the college I went to. When he said, you're not gonna be learn be able to learn as quickly as the other white students, and I go there would not study, didn't do jack, went and played five songs clean in front of him without practicing them. He said, oh, see what that extra time did for you. Well, that lesson wasn't his. It was mine. I don't give a rat's what that dude thinks. He was just there to give me a grade. He can stay racist. He can do what he wants. He ain't invited to my house for a cookout. None of that. And he can stay racist. We need to stop embracing him. I didn't say, well, at least he gave me a good grade. I earned what I earned. And even if he failed me, I can care less. We need to start taking more of an attitude to even understand that our progress is going to come from us changing our mind and not having them feel like they are going to be, um, that we can redeem them, right? You, if we talk about Amazing Grace and why he wrote it and how bad of a person he was, but he wrote this song, we're still saying, save a wretch like me. White people are still asking us to save them from beating and killing us. We've got to be careful and conscious about this. We don't have to dislike them. You don't have to like them. You don't even have to deal with them if you want to. I mean, to pay your bills, you have to deal with it. But beyond that, it's not that personal is all I'm saying. So when we start having these conversations, especially when we're talking about news, we're doing assessments. But we need to be really careful on validating, especially for young people, that they need to let their guards down because there are still some good people. Good people will shine through regardless. You don't have to let your guard down for good people. They would just be. So I, I just yeah, really wanted to say that about there. all of those comments yeah. because we, you know, in a conversation I didn't hear early part of the show, but even in hearing both sides of the, the, the uh, an argument, it almost makes them seem like they're equal arguments, and they're really not. So, you know, it is Sunday, so we need to keep our own spirits in check. You don't have to accept Anybody people. else? Uh before we uh, step out, because you know, I don't know if you can get your news in in 15 minutes, Jerome. And anyone else has anything they want to want to add to that conversation uh, before we move on? Hit the bed. We in the right, time. Floors. Yeah, 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 but you know, we still. Jerome makes some good points there. You know, we we do we just focus on building generational. Stop worrying about getting that pat on the back. Just leave leave that alone. Focus on building generations of wealth. Focus on your own family. Focus on ways to get educated without racking up a whole bunch of student loan debt, which I see as an issue with our people. You hey, know, stop, and then that's the point. Stop bashing black folks. We're just saying we need to move on without bashing each other about the conditions that we're in that wasn't caused by us. Yeah. We there's some things we can control, but I my point was just to say that we have to have a little bit more forward thinking. And, yeah, they're wrong, and we need to correct that, too. But we don't have to start beating ourselves up every time white folks do something to us to say we're still wrong for what we do. It is not a – that's a false equivalent. So even in our conversations, my point was just to say we have to stop saying um, there are some good white people, but y'all do some things wrong. Because that's, that's like 
that's like making a 50-50 equal blame on both sides. And it's not equal, right? If I tell you to take out your trash and you miss the trash man and you got a pile of trash in your backyard, you can't blame the trash man who came to pick it up, even if he was 15 minutes late. False equivalence is saying, since he was late, I'm not taking out my trash. You know, you have to own responsibility for what you do, but you don't control the garbage trucks coming down your street. And if you don't come, get to blame them. They're not let off the hook. So when white folks do stuff to black people and keep us in certain conditions, we have to call that out. But at the same time, but at the same time, we need to kind of stay focused on the two separate arguments opposed to mashing them together. Because we mash them together and it gets confusing for young folks. Because they, they just think that we're crazy for yelling at each other all day. You know, that's why I don't play yeah. party stuff where I don't call out people because they're Republicans and call them stupid because they're Republicans or Democrats because y'all stupid because that's just dumb. We need to own, we just need to own our perspective. And I think that the show is great because the people who are listening, black or white, they actually kind of understand that the honest gesture that we're going about um, delivering information is coming from a different place. We're not trying to brainwash you on one side or the other and, and all of that. We're just saying here's what you need to know, cutting through the bull of what they're seeing on TV every day. I know that's my goal, and I'm, I'm positive that's what Jay's is. So we're just kind of in LES. We're just kind of putting that out there to say, yeah, you're watching this, but we're going to dissect it for you. And since we're in overtime, it's kind of why I'm carrying on about this. I would never do this on the show if we went on overtime, but it is more important that we understand where this stuff is coming from. Even as I do news, it's important that it is coming from a perspective of people who actually understand this stuff. So I don't make false equivalence, and and I just want to ask that we just get conscious about it to say, hey, if you say Mm -hmm. one thing, you don't have to go contradict it with saying, hey, and you, your fault too. It's all, it's and there's university studies that prove racism. There's university studies that prove discrimination against black people and other minority groups. There's university studies that prove this. So that's another thing we need to quote too, is the studies to prove it without a shadow yeah. of a doubt. And, and I think our listeners, you know, and, and kudos to our listeners, because, you know, I, listen, I get a lot of stuff, right? I get people, get stuff from folks. Here's the thing that, that, that gets me, and sometimes it may, I may get a little agitated behind it, because it's like, you know, you want to listen, but then you want to send, you know, derogatory messages. And, and, you know, and some of these are coming from some of the same folks, and I'm not going to say they're derogatory per se. It's like, you know, if you want someone, it's like, Mr. Elias, some of the stuff I get is like we're not we're not looking at the full picture, and I'm like, well, no. I mean, you don't want us to. We're not giving you the Hannity menu that you want, or we're not giving you the Laura Ingram or whatever those people are on on the right. If you want that type of batter, you want that type of uh, uh, banter between. Uh, uh, the host and guest, and you need to go over there and get that. I mean, that's why, you know, my comments have always been the same. You know, the, the, the origin of this show was three cats getting together, Sunday brunch, having a conversation. Nobody's professional. All of us have professional lives. But these are the things that folks talk about in barbershops, talk about at the water cooler. We just want to just talk about it in front of you. So we're friends having a conversation in front of a live audience. You can chime in if you like. You can make comments if you like. Whatever you want to do you can do and so that's how this show started you know six or seven years ago however long we've been on the air so it's like 
more and more, you know, more people, Republicans are tuning in and, you know, they make their comments. You know, you have some Republicans who have, you know, switched parties because of some of the things. All we try to do is tell you what we think is the truth from our perspective. And in most cases, now, listen, we have facts behind it. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, when I tell you, like, my, my you know, my comments about Cosby, you know, there are quite a few comments that have come in. You know, since I made those comments, I don't agree with what I said, you know, that are some way, somehow they're misinterpreting that by me saying that, you know, once again, if something happened to you that shook you to your core, then how can someone put a dollar amount on that, that me somehow, that means somehow I'm siding with Cosby and, and you know, I'm saying the women can't be, you know, I'm no different than the Republicans on the Kavanaugh hearing. That's bull. That's bull crap. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is simple. And I don't understand how people don't understand what I'm saying. But that's okay. It's America. That's why Baskin and Robbins has 33 flavors. We all have different opinions. This is not North Korea. But at the end of the day, I still stand by what I say. And I knew some women were going to get upset, Ms. Delias, because it's like, oh, she had the right. No, she did not. Once she signed that settlement, then she, should, she, had, she had the right to shut up. She shouldn't have said nothing. Don't take the money. That's what Steve was saying too. Steve was saying don't that, take the uh, don't the, take the money. Go ahead. Yeah. Don't take the cash. I, I don't totally take agree. the money. Don't take the if cash. If you so don't come and give me these sob stories and you're hugging on each other. That crap existed ten years ago. You could have been hugging ten years ago. You should have kept bringing this up then. Right. But that's what the prosecutor said. They were extorting Cosby anyway, so he said, I can make it a way that he's going to get the money. So they tried to break him. So they said, we, won't, we can't charge him without charging her. So if you take this deposition and pay her, she's going to shut up because that's what she wanted was the money anyway. And that's what he agreed to. And all he said in there that everybody's hanging their hat on is that he had a prescription for Quaaludes. If you wanted drugs, Cosby didn't do drugs. If you wanted Quaaludes, he would give them to you. And three other white women testified the same thing. She said, they said, we didn't, in that same trial, he didn't drug us, but if we asked for it, he, he had some. She said, he, you know, so that's, it's the same thing. Like, people make false equivalents, Jay, and so then they started applying what they're thinking outside to your statements, and they're saying, oh, you're defending him because he was convicted for this, but we keep calling it rape because... These other women said something else. I'm like, convict them for that. But in this case, let's just stay focused. What was he convicted of? And let's deal with it from there. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it, and it's the same thing with the OJ situation. You know, people, once again, oh, he got what he got, was supposed to be coming to him. Listen, what they did, what they did to that guy, the, those years he spent in prison was BS. Because of the fact that they were trying to get him for uh, for a murder that they thought he committed back in 1991 or whatever it was, or 95, whatever that thing was. So, you know, once again, here we are, you know, what's right. So people, you know, you want to embrace the justice system when it works for you. But then when it works against you or your agenda, then all of a sudden, you know, well, there's other ways to get him. You know, he got that bastard had what, what you know, he had what, what was coming to him. Wait a minute. But that's not why he was on trial. He was on trial because of some bogus kidnapping charge that they put together. No, and you heard cops. It. Here's the other thing. You heard cops on tape saying, oh, we finally got him now. I mean, they were associated with the freaking kidnapping case. 
We finally go get him he now. Got, finally go get him for what? He got arrested for showing up at a place of his stolen stuff. People stole from him. He show up, but they arrest wow. him for holding the guy wow. who stole his stuff. And wow. nonsense is that? Unbelievable. It's ridiculous. And, yeah. and to me, it's a segue into what we're seeing playing out right here on, on television. It is a lie. It is a crime to lie under oath. This guy, Kavanaugh, has told blatant lies. They've caught him. He said that he did not receive any paperwork, stolen paperwork, about Democratic uh, operatives. And, and there's emails to show that he knew it was stolen. He, did. he knew they were stolen. So he lied. And he lied. He flat out lied. But you know what? Welcome to America, baby. Welcome to America. All right, listen. It's almost you know the bottom of the hour. You know what white folks say? Well, they all lie. What? They all lie. They all lie. That's what they do. That's what that's what politicians do. They lie. And then one no, guy who well, at well. work told me, he said, well, they're all the same. I said, well, if y'all the same, vote Democrat. What's the difference? Vote Democrat. Well, I, I won't vote Democrat. I said, well, if they're all the same, what's the difference? Vote right. Democrat. The hip- then you're the lying. Hypocrisy. <laughs> the hypocrisy of this stuff, you know, and I want to hear from Johnny D on this one here. We're going to close it out. You know, the hypocrisy of Republicans standing up talking about we wasted all this time, you know, oh, my goodness, they're just delaying because of this, that, and the other. I mean, how can you fix your lips? <laughs> How can you say this in front of a camera without cracking a laugh that you can sit here in good faith and say to your say to the American people, oh, well, the Democrats are just they're, they're obstructionists and and uh, you know, they're trying to delay the vote because of uh, partisan reasons. When your sorry folk by folk away and tail stood up. And sit here and said that the American people should have a say in who the next justice should be, and you delayed President Obama, you know, handcuffed him from doing his job as president because you wanted to get a Supreme Court justice on the bench. And here's the other thing, Johnny, before you respond, because I was thinking about this too. You know, for everyone thought Hillary Clinton was going to win, right? So. If everyone thought this, then why would McConnell still delay this thing? Because he knows that, keep in mind, uh, 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 the judge that Merrick Garland was a guy that Republicans liked. So if if everyone knew that Hillary Clinton was going to win, why would he hold this up? And does that mean he was a part of this big conspiracy? Maybe he knew what the Russians were doing. Maybe he already knew what was going on, right? I mean, I can play conspiracy therapist. Uh, Maybe he already knew. Why would you want to hold that open if you thought a Democratic president was going to win? He was, I mean, he stuck to his guns on that. And people say, well, history's going to look at him. He don't give a damn how history looks at him. His action speaks louder than that. What say you, Johnny? I tell you what, that was some very intellectual and heated discussion of which uh, several points I don't necessarily agree upon, but the reality of it is is that I respect everybody who has an opinion on those matters because, again, it was, was it's about the in, intellect and the different opinions. But now in regards to Mitch McConnell and his delay, um, one of the things that, that I, I think will always stick with me with with President Obama is I think he spent 
a considerable amount of his last two years uh, looking at social issues from a standpoint of acceptance, uh, trying to shape America into a, a, a America of utopia where Mitch McConnell blatantly defied him. And if I, if I will ever have a, a problem with his legacy is the fact that I think there was times where, particularly after he was reelected, I think he could have been a lot more assertive and a lot more demanding towards those Republicans and, and even those Democrats who decided at the end of, 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 of his, his presidency that they was going to abandon him. Now now you look at them, you know, they said President Obama should get out there, which I think is, 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 is a double-edged sword because if the Democrats don't do well, then they will blame him and how Trump rallied his base. So, again, part of that, 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 that Mitch McConnell and his stance and, and not allowing the Supreme Court justice to even come up, I think that President Obama should have been a little bit more forthright in regards to his demands and making, making the Congress and making the Senate do their jobs towards the, the latter part of, of, of his tenure. So, uh, again, that, that, that's here nor there. Those days are over with. We have got to do, uh, you hear Mr. Elias each week talk about, we've got to get out and vote. But it starts at the local basis, you know, and I'm talking about from the school board to the county commissioner. That's where it yep. really starts locally, and then you build that national precedent. But that Mitch McConnell, yep. Jay, you do a very great impression of that. So again, don't 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 have Thank us you, to see where you are undercover with that. <laughs> like say, um, M- M- McConnell you, and the hypocrisy of, of of all our elected officials is is being played out on national news every single day and social media every single day, and it's appalling. But at the same time. We have to ask ourselves, what are we going to do about it? Yeah, absolutely. That, that's a good. That's a good one. You know, I tell you what. And on that note, let's uh, let's get in here and get our final thoughts in. It's. Uh you know, listen, I thought the after party was pretty good. Uh, we thank you guys for hanging, those who hung, and folks who are listening like you normally do, thank you for keeping the earbuds in just a little bit longer. We appreciate you, as always, but it's time for our final thoughts. And, uh, Steve, got to give the people what they want. Final thoughts. What say you, sir? Uh, two concerns. I didn't know this. Well, we've got 100 million Christians in the country of China, and they're coming under persecution. From the government doing church bombings, taking away Bibles, and it's important that we put a stop to this before the influence spreads across the world. My second concern is the student loan debt. It's so high, it's starting to negate the effects of getting a college degree. So it's important for people, for new children, to test out of college, get college credits, you know, go to a community university, switch over to a regular university towards the end. We have to limit student loan debt getting way out of control. And every time you look up, somebody else is going back to college, you know. It's just getting out of control. But then then the NFL, with the rough in the passing room, my God. Now quarterbacks are being thrown to the ground now. That concussion risk. I wish the NFL would just leave football alone. It's dangerous, and the rules will make it more dangerous. God bless you guys, and have a good Sunday. Hello? Is anybody still there? Yeah. Yep. 
Okay, uh, Johnny B, you're up next. Here's your final thoughts, brother. Right. My final thoughts are a little less uh, informative, but certainly prayers and thoughts go out to Miss Vanessa, who earlier today shared a, a, a dark spot in her life. And, and again, um, seeing her strength and the way in which she articulated that, I say prayers go out to each of you all every week. But certainly my thoughts, my prayers go out to her for sharing that part of her life with us. Um, and again, great show, and thank you all for having me. Good day.